following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. You're listening to the Toonami Faithful Podcast, episode 168. So long, Sword Art, or 3 hours, 34 minutes, and some change. Alex Von David is back as we send off Sword Art Online 2 in our longest episode yet. Seriously, it's as long as an entire block of Toonami. Remember, you asked for this. Welcome to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... The founder of ToonamiFaithful.com, Pop Skrull. And... ASM Rider Rail Maddox. And that's it for the moment, though uh, in a later segment, Jim and Jen will be joining us and Paul will disappear. Yes. We ended up having to record with Alex Von David when Paul was not available, and that was a very long recording. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what happens when you kidnap somebody. Yeah. Maybe it was a good thing that I wasn't on that one. (laughs) Maybe it was. Because I probably would have been shot. Yeah, possibly. Trust me, the lady that I live with is violent. (laughs) (laughs) Can't possibly be as violent as Anna Semper. Wait, are you whipping me, Darrell? Here, let me bend over for you. Do nothing. Do, do, do. Point that in another direction. <laughs> uh. Oh. I don't want none of that. <laughs> Please, Justin might want it, though. Uh, speaking of whipping, <laughs> let's just go ahead and get into the Akamic Kill episode recap. Great transition. Akami Ga Kill, Episode 7, Kill the Three, Part 1. The Emperor requests that Esdeath hunt down Night Raid and asks what she would like for compensation. Esdeath says that she would like to experience romance. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Night Raid is still coping with Chill's death. And it's particularly affecting Tatsumi, and he thinks that Akame is really calm and composed about the whole thing. But when he talks to her about it, Akame really breaks down and and says that, you know, you never get used to death. You never get used to the death of a comrade. And that, you know, kind of uh, puts Tatsumi in his place, and he regains his composure some and rededicates himself to the cause. So, Esdeath, in attempts to hunt down Night Raid, has sent her troop to kill politicians and frame Night Raid in order to draw them out, but those politicians are also ones who oppose the Prime Minister's rule. So, if nothing else, they want to stop that from happening, because they need as many people on their side as possible. So they split up, and Leone tracks down Esdeath, but her animal instincts tell her not to engage, even though she's out in the open. And Esdeath also notices Leone's presence, but is disappointed that she doesn't take the bait. Akame and Lubbock act as bodyguards for a potential target, while Tatsumi and Bolot also act as bodyguards on, uh, for another target on a massive luxury liner. I like uh, Tatsumi in his dapper suit. He should wear that more often, instead of his stupid sweater vest. Dude, don't knock the sweater vest, Sketch. Don't knock the sweater vest. It's ridiculous. 
just it's what it is. It's ridiculous. He was looking <laughs> pimptastic though. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> like a proper assassin. <laughs> While they are uh, on that assignment, Tatsumi learns of Bullock's past as a member of the Imperial Guard. And you see, Bullock's former general was punished for not accepting a bribe from a higher superior. And that got him uh, incarcerated. And Bullock's used his incursio to escape the situation. Back on the luxury liner, an imposter named Neyu uses an Imperial arm known as the Scream. It's a flute-like instrument that can subdue everyone by putting them to sleep or weakening them. But Tatsumi manages to resist the ability. He is subsequently confronted by another imposter named Daidara, but Balat intervenes when Tatsumi tries to do something stupid. <clears throat> While fighting Daidara, Balat is attacked simultaneously by Nayu and a third imposter, but he manages to kill Daidara and subdue the other two. But the third imposter quickly recovers and confronts Bulat, and Bulat recognizes him as his former general named Liver? Liver? <laughs> I don't think he even mentioned the name in the in the episode per se, but General General Liver. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so a decent amount of stuff happened in this episode. Uh, we're certainly rolling along with the plot. Uh, I like that they show that Night Raid's still coping with the death of Shill, and uh, they're you know each handling it their own way. So we get Bullock's tragic backstory, which is never a good sign. <laughs> I'm uh I'm a little concerned for his life at this point. I mean, they're probably all gonna die, but <laughs> the order of death matters. Like, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, Paul, did you watch this episode? Uh, most of it. God damn, man! Seriously, you gotta blame my boss for this. Don't look at me. What What is your excuse, man? It plays for an entire day afterwards on the Toonami stream. So yeah, no <laughs> and it's free. You don't even and have to log in or nothing. I mean, yeah, right. it's a little tricky to catch it, but you like figure it out. Said, excuses are like assholes. Everybody got one, and they stink. But of what you saw, what did you think of the episode? Well, the whole the whole thing is is good as it usually is, but I'm still kind of confused about the romance part. Uh, I, I think the Emperor, not the Emperor, uh, I think the Minister put it best. It's like, I don't think what you're really looking for is romance. <laughs> I forget the exact line, but it was pretty good. Or maybe so, it's yeah, like, would... apparently that's your definition of romance. <laughs> she's looking for companionship. Right? She, you know, she, she is a woman of marrying age. Seeking companionship. <laughs> but I, it makes she, sense. So like I like the emperor's reaction because the emperor's, you know, the emperor's a kid. So the emperor's like, yes, of course. 
saw yes yes of course i was like i don't know why she's asking that i'm maybe there's some kind of rule about being able to uh date or marry when you're in the guard i i don't know but it seems kind of silly <laughs> no <laughs> like, she just lacks that type of experience with me yeah i, I guess so <laughs> like uh i need some help so find me a man <laughs> I don't know. After the way she did the dude up in the north, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. No. Uh-uh. 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 <laughs> you know, if she was on, if the, everything was fine, she could ask Leone for some, um, you know, some advice, you know. Because Leone looked like she'd been around the block a few times anyway. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the day she licked Tatsumi's ear, man, was the day I knew. Yeah. Yep. Got some experience there. Uh, have any other thoughts on this episode, Darrell? Yeah, it was it was a good episode to me, you know. Not to mention Bulat, you know, kind of brought Tatsumi back to his senses, you know, telling him, hey, you have to pay attention to your surroundings regardless of how heated you are because if you lose focus in battle, you're a dead man. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that Akami knocked him down a peg or two, you know, in a certain sense because he thought that she got used to seeing death of thing else from a soldier's point of view else. You not you don't necessarily get used to it. Some people do. You have to be a deranged lunatic if you do that sometimes. But it's a part of us that just shuts down, and we do that job that we have to do. But at yeah. the end of the day, some you know we come back to our humanity, you know, and it's like, damn, I just took a life. But you know, and then what I felt so bad about Balot was, you know, here was somebody that he looked up to as a commanding officer, and then all of a sudden, you know. He looks at this man like, I know you, and it's the ultimate betrayal because, hey, my command officer at one point was an honest, decent man, and now he's a dog of the, you know, of the Empire. That's not good. You know, it's the ultimate betrayal because more than likely, this guy probably did impart a lot of wisdom and, you know, in the lot and made him who he is. At that point, you feel betrayed because now it's like everything that you taught me was just a crock of shit. Yeah, it also seems as though, for whatever reason, he's uh, not practicing what he preached. Nope. And now he's working for the enemy. Exactly. I'm sure that there's probably a reason, and we'll determine whether or not it's a good one later, but... Yeah. But overall, it's, you know, I love the blood and gore, and... It's still, it's just still a good show so far, you know. I can't give away any spoilers. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but just keep watching everybody. There you go. All right. I guess we'll go ahead and quickly read off the uh, many Toonami talkbacks. Sweet. Can I abuse people? <laughs> you always do. At Raguak Ultimates. Pretty sure I pronounced that right. I hope so. He's my friend. (laughs) Single female assassin seeks man. Only apply if you like it kinky. (laughs) Following up on that thought, at MKBrown88 says, I'm into SDM and blood. If you know anyone, bring them my way. (laughs) Yeah, they probably gonna last no more than one session. It's a one-way trip. You're in heaven, but you're probably gonna go to hell afterwards. Lord Terminal writes in, 
So what have we learned, folks? Don't send a LARPer to do a trained soldier's job. <laughs> oh, those LARPers. <laughs> Inuyasha-san87 writes in, leveling up experience points. Since when was a comic a kill in RPG? I don't know, but that dude was really delirious. <laughs> at Rob Barracuda says... I'm so pissed off at Akami for wasting perfectly good mochi balls. What the hell? I don't too much care for mochi, so yeah, she could waste them. <laughs> if it was booze, it would have been a different issue. Yes, it would. If it was meat, she wouldn't have wasted it. No, exactly. <laughs> Akami's a carnivore. Yeah. She likes her meat. And Frank Fullmetal writes in, The moment between Tatsumi and Akami was great. She's not just some emotionless killing machine. Yes, indeed, Frank. It was a magical moment. She showed a bit of humanity. She wasn't a complete robot. Does not compute. And another from Ragawak Ultimate. Tatsumi performing a self-bright slap. <laughs> <laughs> I like that reference. <laughs> not even my own father would hit me. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta slap some sense into yourself. Slap yourself. <laughs> As well, it's interesting to see the plot thicken in this episode of Akamiga Kill. I'm, uh, I'm curious to see what happens next. Though I, I, I don't think it's going to be good for Balat, whatever it is. <laughs> Dude, do not talk about Beefcake Gate Gandhi. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. If I had a man crush Monday, it would be Balai. Just a rip. I think, obviously, Ezdeth is going to kill him as soon as she finds out that this handsome man doesn't swing her way. <laughs> right? Right? Come on. That's the only outcome. Dude, she is scary enough to make men swing her way. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Well, I'm going to say... Uh... I'm I'm seeing why as death has the hype. Because <laughs> she's boobs. she she's crazy. Dude, those <laughs> boobs alone, man, will send you insane. <laughs> and them legs, come on. But no, it's well, it's more about the personality. I was like, all right, so this this gal's clearly nuts, and she also wants to experience romance. This should be good. <laughs> You know, she's like, like I said, man, her complex is like, it, it's like 50 shades of gray on steroids after drinking tequila, man. Sheesh. That's, uh, that's yeah. wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. <laughs> is Even it magical. fantastic? Is it? Dude, it'll blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna blow somebody's mind, all right. <laughs> yeah. Is that before after they blow their load, though? Yes. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be interesting. That's all I can say. <clears throat> yeah, maybe you'll catch a full episode one of these days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, welcome to my wonderful work schedule. As you would know, oh, yes. it's hard to record this. It's even hard to record this podcast at times. So. Okay, let's hurry on to the news. From Facebook, Twitter, and the official Toonami Tumblr, this is Toonami News, powered by ToonamiFaithful.com. 
Starting off with the ratings for September 19th, 2015. 18-49 ratings, Dragon Ball Z Kai. 856,000. Akamiga Kill, 704,000. Michiko and Hachin, 623,000. Sword Art Online 2, 562,000. Naruto Shippuden, 521,000. One Piece, 493,000. And Attack on Titan ended Toonami with 463,000. Viewers, 18 to 49. The total viewer ratings for the night, Dragon Ball Z Kai, 1,587,000. Akamiga Kill, 1,266,000. Michiko and Hachin, 1,085,000. Sword Art Online 2, 976,000. Naruto Shippuden, 853,000. One Piece, 774,000. And Attack on Titan, 751,000. Decent night. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And moving on to the trending for this week, we are back to Perfect Trend! Eh, you have an off week every now and then. So, hashtag Toonami trended during Akamiga Kill on the West Coast, Michiko and Hachin on the East Coast, Sword Art Online 2 on the East Coast, Shippuden on the East Coast, One Piece on the East Coast, and Attack on Titan on the East Coast and the West Coast, besting at number two. Hashtag Parasite trended during Attack on Titan on the East Coast, besting at number three. Hashtag DBZ Kai vested number one. Hashtag Akamiga Kill trended also during the West Coast airing and the East Coast airing. Akamiga Kill also got to number one. Hashtag Michiko and Hachin also number one. Hashtag Sword Art Online 2 also during the West Coast airing also number one. Hashtag Shippuden at number two. Hashtag One Piece. And hashtag Attack on Titan. All right, that is the ratings and the trending. A bit of an update on the stream, just in case people don't read stuff on the website. Uh, The Encore of Toonami's block now runs until Monday morning, and then they switch over to a show marathon, and then they switch back to an Encore on Friday evening. After Toonami Preflight, which now premieres on Friday. Right. So, you have two chances of roughly two days in which you can watch all of the Toonami block from the previous week. Directly after it airs on the next Sunday, and then also on Friday and Saturday leading up to the next broadcast, which is convenient. But once again, we stress, please watch it if you can watch it on television. Because that still very much matters. Yes, yes it does. And I think that's all that needs to be said about that. Uh, (laughs) Because, I mean, I could tell you that they're marathoning Sword Art Online 2 this week. But by the time you hear this, (laughs) it'll probably be off. (laughs) Awesome. And they did Blue Exorcist the previous week. So, uh, Gurren Lagann next? Huh? Please. I hope. I mean, they don't have too many other shows that they can do that are particularly 24 to 
26 or so episodes. Well, you did mention, you did ask, answer a question on your ask. So maybe bat, maybe big O, maybe Sentai gives us season one. Uh, I hope so. Look, yeah, I just want outlaw star back, please. Uh, well, you're going to have to talk to sunrise about that. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that has nothing to do with Tsunami at all. God, no. Or Funimation, for that matter, because they're yeah. probably sitting there going, uh, Sunrise, anytime. Yeah. We did buy we did buy the rights from you, so anytime. Anytime now would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> kind of would like to sell that, maybe, a little bit. You want money, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. No, I don't know what money is. Oh, yes. Well, I guess that's our periodical complain about sunrise being sunrise (laughs) (laughs) gotta do that at least uh every few months the frustration must always be fresh yeah it's very fresh in my mind and a lot of tsunami faithful are sitting there still going where's our outlaw star (laughs) and those copies that you have now from bandai that were probably not going to be valuable or still very valuable, so... Uh, yeah. Hold on to can, those. <laughs> yes, if you can hold on to them, you better do that. Yeah, did uh, you buy two of them, Jackass? I still I lament... Did. I still have one. How much is one for a second one, Jackass? <laughs> oh, quite well. I was going to sell one, but I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, you, you probably should hold on to it for now. Yes. So, this is the part where we talk about the other things that aired on Tsunami this week, and uh, a couple of interesting things. Uh, They had a paid promotional for The Martian, the new Matt Damon movie. Yes, they did. One of of those things where they preview movies, but this was kind of interesting because they seem to somewhat involve Tom and Sarah in the whole situation, which is interesting. I'm pretty sure the absolution to pass by Mars a couple of times and they flip Matt Damon off on the pass by. <laughs> Look, uh... Are you, are you sure that you weren't in the absolution and just flicking them off as they went by? <laughs> Dude, I would drop my pants and moon his ass. <laughs> uh, you know, based on previous experiences with characters played by Matt Damon, I don't know if they should try to save him. <laughs> <laughs> If uh, if if anyone else is familiar with another particular uh, sci-fi film of recent years, they'll probably get that joke. But I don't want to spoil the events of that movie. <laughs> but I may have. Yes, you have. And I apologize. But I have to make the joke because I'm like, oh, I'd just leave him. <laughs> You've seen it. Uh, you've you've seen the movie I'm talking about, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it was all like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is I don't I don't know if it's such a good idea to try and save him. Uh, just just saying. <laughs> uh, right. We also got the long awaited Parasite promo. Oh, it was so pretty. It's a good promo. I like Miggy's voice. 
Definitely, yes. definitely did a good job with Miggy's voice in that dub. I just really hate you for making me watch Parasite Sketch. And I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> what? I enjoyed it so much I want to choke you. It, yeah. It, it was really good. And now more people will be able to enjoy it. And that's great. Of course. Apparently somebody's rather disgruntled that it's not airing earlier in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, it'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it works flow-wise. Because yeah. DBZ and Akame are, are kind of that every man action heavy type show that that's going to appeal to more viewers. I I would have liked to see parasite air earlier. I would have liked to see how it would do like even at the top of Toonami, but it makes a bit more sense to put it a bit later because it's uh, certainly more thought provoking. It's uh, you spend a lot of time in Shinichi's headspace and kind of figuring out how he's dealing with his parasite situation and how his life is pretty much going to crap because all of this craziness is going on. By the way, and I put this up on Twitter too, like the English dub, as far as I know, is nowhere out there at the moment. This is the dub premiere of it. Yeah, so, I mean, they they premiered the dub at uh, what? Which convention was that? Uh, um, oh God, you had to ask that one. Uh, uh, Dragon Con, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to say Dragon Con. I was about to say AWA. So if there is a video of the dub up somewhere, it might be somebody's recording from Dragon Con, <laughs> which would be really bad, probably. Well, well, that kind of thing happens. I, I certainly yeah. don't think people should endorse it. But but either way, I mean, if you're seeing like... Just wait for Toonami. Yeah, first of all, wait for Toonami. But if those of you that are saying like, oh, I've heard the English dub and it's not that good. If you're getting it off a site, it's probably a fake English dub. Yeah, Just there are things say, called fan dubs. Yes. Exactly. So <laughs> stop listening to those. <laughs> I just if you really want to see what airs on Toonami. Watch one of those Filipino Dragon Ball Z Dragon <laughs> Ball. Oh man! <laughs> or like watch, watch almost any English dub that's made specifically for Animax in Asia. <laughs> oh, um, seriously! Those yeah, are I so bad. Thank, I gotta thank Corey, man, my anime waifu for that. For that Dragon Ball, man, dub in, in, in Malaysia, man. That was just too fucking funny. I'm sitting up there laughing the whole time at that dub. I am going to hurt the bad guys now. Wow. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. That's exceptional. Exceptional. <sighs> Let's continue to the miscellaneous talkbacks. Cody GGPR says, I can't count how many times I said, wait, what? During the Parasite promo, this show makes me very uneasy, and I like it. Yeah, uneasy is always a good thing. <laughs> Meowth900 writes in, The Parasite dub sounds like ham. <laughs> hey, everybody likes ham, though. You slap a little cheese, tomato on it. It is Dang. pretty hammy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Damn, now I want a ham sandwich. Damn you, Allison. <laughs> Raghuak Ultimate has a couple of Michiko and Hachin ones that I 
I think at least Darrell's going to appreciate. Atsuka Jones in the Golden Pot. Still better than the Crystal Skull. Can I start calling <laughs> Vanessa Short Round? No, that's too insulting to Short Round. <laughs> it's interesting to see an episode that focused on Atsuko, and clearly Vanessa was supposed to be like a lot like Michiko and remind Atsuko of the younger Michiko. Might not have all the jewel that Michiko has, but hey, that <laughs> booty, the Afro puffs. I'm sorry, man. You know, I thought Luffy Afro was tight, man. Asuko is his hair, man. <laughs> Benjamin Padjon writes in, that's canon, calling it now. Tom and Sarah saved Matt Damon from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? And Lochner00 writes in, one commercial break this week might be foreshadowing a new Tom after the intruder. Because <laughs> Tom's all like, but you'd come and save me, right, Sarah? Well, we could just put your AI into another robot body and boom, there you go. He's like, what? <laughs> what? Tom, don't act so surprised. <laughs> It's not like it hasn't happened before. Oh, wait. <laughs> but don't worry, you will continue to be voiced by Stephen Bloom. <laughs> and that's what's most important. <clears throat> and pardon me while I indulge Derek Sicknick one moment. Will Sketch ever notice me? Blushes. Derek, no. you're on notice. <laughs> Derek, no one notices you. Derek, I'm going to say this. I've said this once. I'm going to say this to you again. You can dare lick my balls, okay? Ooh. <laughs> and if you get that movie reference, you're awesome. You Makes me think of the term derelict. <laughs> You've been derelict in your duty, soldier. You can derelict my balls. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Paul actually made a funny for once. Wow. Yeah. So, so Paul, because uh, because Jim did that John Stewart rant, and I was like, well, if Jim is John Stewart, then I'm Stephen Colbert, and Inu was like, then what does that make Paul? I think it makes him Jay Leno. Like, oh man! All right, <laughs> how do you feel about that, Paul? I don't know how to feel about that. I, I was going to go with Jimmy Kimmel. I think Jimmy Kimmel would be better. There are two late night talk show hosts. I mean, there's two of them named Jimmy. Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon. And neither of them are like Jim Nelson. Or or rather, Jim Nelson is like neither of them. (laughs) No, we're just going to downgrade Paul and um, Tosh. You know, they referenced Good Burger on Jimmy Fallon recently. That was hilarious. Yes, it was. Oh, no. That mustard's just fine. You just gotta hit it. (laughs) (laughs) You know damn well that Nickelodeon's sitting there going, hmm, Keenan and Kel. Well, now we part ways with Paul and add in Jim and Jen, along with Alex Von David, our guest for the majority of this episode. And when I say majority, I mean, holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) But... It's time to uh, move on to that segment. So, uh, (laughs) cue the music. 
Hello, and welcome back to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. For this particular episode, we wanted to do something a little special to send off Sword Art Online too. So, of course, once again, we are honored to bring back Mr. Alex Von David. We lied, I kidnapped him again. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> because of course you did, Jen. <laughs> okay, sorry, Alex. <laughs> so, mercifully, it has ended. That's all. For I some, say. for some, for yes. Some. Well, well, mostly for uh, us because you know we've been in the middle of the never-ending pissing contest. <laughs> Well, they can't. Hell, I piss out the Ganges every night, so <laughs> they ain't winning that one. <laughs> yeah, just uh, uh, mercifully, it's over, and hopefully, we can let the healing process begin with some uh, parasite goodness, but not before we say goodbye to Sword Art. And I assume for now. <laughs> yes. I mean, who knows? Uh, I, I haven't heard anything about about anything about a season three or anything. So, uh, I mean, who knows if it's going to happen and if it does happen and if they do decide to dub it, I mean, who knows, who knows if I'm going to be even be involved in it. So yeah, I kind of, exactly. I kind of don't put my eggs in one basket anymore. As we, as uh, I believe you mentioned uh, last time. Well, before we discuss this episode at length, well, we'll pour one out for, Yuki Kono in our final recap of Sword Art Online 2. That was opening the beer can. <laughs> Cue the music. wasn't the music I was talking about. Oh, my bad. <laughs> hey, you said cue music. I just took that as my cue to play taps. <laughs> Sword Art Online 2. The final episode. Episode 24. Mother's Rosario. Asuna and Yuki spend more time together along with Asuna's other friends and the other members of the Sleeping Knights. The day finally comes when Asuna receives a message telling her that Yuki's health has taken a turn for the worse. She rushes to the hospital to see Yuki for the last time and hold her hand in the real world for the first time. Asuna asks Dr. Kurahashi to allow Yuki to use the Medicuboid one last time to enter the game. There, Yuki passes to Asuna her original sword skill, which she named Mother's Rosario. And the other players join to cheer on Yuki as she passes to the next world. Yuki, in her final moments, tells Asuna how she had always asked herself what her reason for living was, if she was destined to die anyway. Then she says she found the reason, as her last moments were very fulfilling. Before Yuki's death, Asuna vows to meet her in another world. And a week later, at Yuki's memorial service, Asuna meets An Shuin, Siyun's real-life counterpart. 
whose condition is improving. They learn from Kazuto and Kurahashi that they were talking about applying the bi-directional communication probe for medical full-dive technology, Yuki having provided more than enough data for the device. When Asuna is surprised that the medicuboid designs came from an external helper, Kurahashi states that the helper was a professor named Rinko Kojiro, who previously took care of Akihiko Kayaba during the SAO incident. Thus, the medicuboid designs actually came from Kayaba. That guy again. <laughs> and the end credits kind of stopped right there. Right there, that's where the end credits happen. And then after the credits, uh, they, they have a nice little outing and Asuna and Kirito share a little moments. Happy ending. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> sort of. Bittersweet sort of. ending. <laughs> Parting is such sweet sorrow. Yes. <laughs> And clear setup for future stories. What about future diary? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of shows that are a little rapey and will never appear on Tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say never, but... <laughs> I just feel like... No, this is like even more explicit, that rape scene in um, Future Diary. I saw that and I'm like, Ah, uh, yeah, that sound you just heard, that was... Future Diaries' tsunami chances exploding in the distance like an atomic bomb. <laughs> Perhaps. Well, this was a very emotional episode, or at least it was intended to be a very emotional episode. It was. And I'm sure everybody had uh, different thoughts on it. So why don't we start with Jen? You know, I hate to see the end of a series I enjoy. I just hate it. Hmm. You know, I was tearing up from the beginning, and I was pretty much in full tears like two minutes into the show oh i was so sad i was crying it was very emotional you know these last few episodes uh were definitely my favorite we got to know asana on a personal level and then even yuki coming in when and how she did i thought it was done nicely i really did so all in all i really do enjoy this show and i'm sad hmm. mr Jarrell. Uh, you know, this last episode, it was pretty good. You know, um, it just showed that, I guess, even within the virtual world, you know, we still have friends that do care about us, even, and that actually does sometimes translate into reality. You know, it was sad, but I like the fact that Yuki got a stateside send-off because everybody came to see her. Mm-hmm. And she held on like a trooper until the end. They gave her and, a state funeral in ALO, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Alpine is him Norse mythology, the um, land of the light elves. So, mm-hmm. hey, she got the perfect send off, man, to go to the next world. Indeed. Hmm. Jim, what are your thoughts? Um, thematically, I thought this uh, episode was very good because with. Uh, the way they handled Yuki's death and the Sakura motif that you saw in there, because Sakura, because you know the life of Sakuras are fleeting, um, you could really say that Yuki uh, was meant to kind of embody a triumph of the human spirit, as it were, because she found her reason for living and she was able to live out the way she wanted to uh, by playing uh, ALO, and uh, I thought it was, and uh, I thought the entire thing was pretty well handled, especially for uh, 
well, by SAO standards. Now, granted, that's not saying a heck of a lot, but um, it was indeed, but it was, you know, very tasteful, I thought. And I'm sure if Paul was here right now, he's unfortunately working while we record this segment. I imagine he would have nothing but resounding praise for this episode. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And I would say is it was a fitting conclusion to the storyline. Uh, I kind of feel like it just ends. And That's the I'm one thing that I saw. Not I entirely like... satisfied with that. <laughs> when I originally watched this episode back, uh, I guess that would have been uh, late December of last year, mm. and I saw it, and I got to the ending, and went, "But there isn't another episode after this. <laughs> this, this is how we end the season." Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Huh. Well. Here's to the next one. <laughs> it doesn't end so much as it just stops, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the impression I, I get. And though they clearly sow some seeds for future developments. And I don't know how I feel about this show's constant need to try and make Akihiko Kayaba seem like not such a terrible guy. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's almost like they're ashamed of what they created. <laughs> yeah. I just well, at least they're not trying to make us sympathize with Sugo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Even Kayaba's all like, no, that guy was messed up, man. <laughs> Allegedly the creator's favorite character. <laughs> I'll put it to you like this, dude. I can sympathize with a sailor that got a cut, got the clap without wrapping it up, man. Oh, God. <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh boy oh those are the real references <laughs> so uh how's it working out for you Darrell <laughs> when it's over you start clapping Woo, it's over with. <laughs> but that's all I could say is that mercifully uh Sword Art Online 2 has come to an end and Hopefully we can let the healing process begin. Give it about a week. Get the end of the, uh, have the end of the piss uh, and salt be spent, and then we can really start enjoying ourselves with parasite. Hopefully, the personal attacks can end. The, uh, you know, the poo flinging on both sides can go. Can just you know, go its merry way. And yeah, we can stop the Hatfield McCoy on view now. Yeah, exactly. And if there's one more thing I can say about this episode. Uh, it's like a continuation of last week's episode, and that it was a really, really depressing British Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always Figgy Pudding at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Only Kirito is able to have that. Yeah. That's right. Because <laughs> Kirito killed Santa. Yep. But like I said, it was... Sat on Christmas. And like I said, it was Robot Santa, so, you know, small loss. As a matter of fact, people should be praising him for killing Robot Santa. That's right, because in Futurama, that dude's bad news. <laughs> yeah, but at least Kwanzaa bot's cool. <laughs> you know it, man. And if Grandma's fruitcake finally reaches critical mass, it can be regifted straight to Santa's ass. <laughs> Ooh, so many Futurama references at this point. Oh, yeah. There's always room for more Futurama references. Shut up and take my money! <laughs> I think it's as Gil Austin said when he was talking about Futurama on pre-flight, how much is enough Futurama? More. Always more. <laughs> <laughs> way, way to be, Gil. Yeah. You're the man, Gil. 
Now, before we delve more into uh, the arc overall, uh, Alex, how do you feel this works as an ending? Oh, I mean, I I think it it works fine. I mean, it does its job. It's I mean, it's pretty much like any sort of ongoing series. It ends with sort of a, a hope for a further adventures. Um, so I I kind of thought that it ended kind of perfect, um, especially you know with the picnic scene and stuff. Um, it would have been much more abrupt had it just ended right after the whole um, uh, sequence at the funeral where everybody's talking and then the revelation comes that Kayaba was involved in this technology that helped Yuki. I think adding that picnic scene on at the end is kind of like, it was kind of hopeful. It's like, well, here we go. We're, uh, things, aren't, things aren't over just yet. Mm-hmm. So I think oh, that's man. kind of... Would have been- really bad if they didn't have that picnic scene <laughs> it's like kayama did it what yeah, yeah and it, then credits it, it would have well, ended like metal gear solid 2 you know well it would have it would have i think it would have been too hard a cliffhanger ending for for a finale to a season so yeah, yeah. i think i think a softer ending like having the the picnic scene was a much better idea mm-hmm. so i'm glad that that was on it oh. and it gave i think it gives the audience to sort of a, a chance to to reorient themselves with the core group of characters mm-hmm. uh, in a much more lighter setting, obviously. Um, so I think emotionally, I think after after the just the the heaviness of this whole arc, or at least the last three episodes, um, and this one included, I think you needed something like that to sort of um, send the show off with a with the at least a little bit of little bit of hope hmm. for something more. So well, what was the last little thing in Pandora's box? Hope. <laughs> mm. See, okay. Darrell, I can do mythology references, too. <laughs> Rock on, sir. <laughs> well, we have a plethora of Toonami talkbacks ranging in tone. And uh, I always like to get out most of the either funny or not so nice spirited ones <laughs> first. Get the and Disney. move on to the more positive ones. Get the Sweet. Disney torrential rain music ready. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, first of all, uh, Mike Jin X89 <laughs> mimics my thoughts. Apparently in SAO, mass murderers who forgot why they're evil are still good people. How is this morally acceptable? <laughs> Look up Albert Nobel and you will understand why. Spoiler alert, Nobel created dynamite. Damn is, right. is that is that still an issue with people? Uh, uh, not these days. That he created uh, dynamite? No, I have a feeling that a lot of people just flat out don't care. They just see Nobel Peace Prize and think, oh, what a wonderful person. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Kayaba thing. Oh, I'm talking about he says Kayaba he forgot thing. because if anyone was paying attention to the show, I mean, he literally explains everything right after he says mm. that. It's, it, I mean, it's kind of like, hello, <laughs> right, why, are, it, right, why is this, it, still bringing that up? Internet attention span, though, right. Alex, we have to keep that in mind. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. But, why even why even give these people airtime then? Because it's kind of like it, it's just propagating this whole. Ugh, it's it's so frustrating. It's like yeah. you put so much time and effort into something and people just call out shit that mm-hmm. just doesn't even exist. It's just no, no, no. It's just like it's just like shut the fuck up and watch the show. <laughs> you know, it's like, or no, it's all right, right there. It's like well, it's we so got to get to the less fortunate sometimes. I, I guess, I yeah. guess. 
Oh my god, I love Alex for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Alex is able to shoot straight on this because he's uh, he directed the show. He's able to shoot straight in ways that we can't. So, but but it's on. I mean, go. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I don't have Netflix. It's like it's like I remember. I remember after the uh, episode where it was revealed where Yuki had AIDS, um, uh, someone tweeted at me. They 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 go. Oh, that's such bullshit. There's. They, they wouldn't have a cure for AIDS in 2026. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> how, well. how would I know? <laughs> and then they said, and then you they, must see future started, Alex Von David. <laughs> well, you know, and, then they, and then they started asking about like, well, uh, she should have totally sued the hospital. And I'm like, and they were getting upset about it. And I'm like, I, I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of like <laughs> left it alone. Cause it's kind of like, you're writing beyond the story at this point. <laughs> just it's, next time, just say. Then the Kono say. family sued the hospital, and that is how they paid for the medicure board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's like the thing with AIDS. It's like people were bringing up, oh, that's bullshit. They totally would have screened the blood, and I'm going, well, actually, there's <laughs> blood screenings for HIV detected most of the time. Um, there's still a slim chance that a blood supply can get through that does have HIV with a low viral load in it. So, I mean, that's like a fact. Yeah, um, both, AIDS, both, both AIDS.org and CDC, because I looked it up when I was writing it going, <laughs> hey, wait a second. I mean, both those websites don't even give a number. They just say, well, it's very rare. There is a slim chance. So... I, I, I remember, and then I, and then I went online a little, and I was just sort of snooping around in different places, and so many people were outraged, and they thought that it was a fallacy, and it, that that uh, this blood could have gotten through the screening process. And I'm like, well, you know, in 2026, maybe the technology would be better to screen it, mm -hmm. but I mean, I'm sure 50, 60 years ago, they thought by 2015 we'd cure cancer. Yeah. That hasn't fucking happened. So, <laughs> Alex, you do not want to get me started on that. <laughs> well, We're just going to yeah. make a Jurassic Park reference here. Life finds a way, people. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like. Yeah. I, it's bad, no expense. <laughs> but, but again, it's kind of the same reasoning. And so mm. it's just one of those things where it was just kind of like, wow, it's, it seems like people are picking at the scab like harder and harder and harder. They're working way too hard at finding fault as opposed to just sort of letting the show do its job. Or maybe the show just doesn't do its job for them anymore and they should stop watching. I think we talked about this last time, too. I think we did, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like, oh, God, people, just relax. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy it's off of Toonami, too, because now it's like, it's like everybody can go get back to their lives and, and be civil to each other, for Christ's sake, you know? <laughs> That's why I said let the healing process begin. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Amen. <laughs> Please direct all rage towards Tsunami Faithful Podcast Human Resources Manager, Darrell Maddox. <laughs> Do, don't please don't bother Darrell. Please don't bother Darrell. <laughs> I, I haven't met him in person, but he seems like a nice guy, and he also seems kind of dangerous too. So <laughs> yes. Please don't bother Darrell with your bullshit. Leave well, him alone. Well, like I said, um after this week. Sword art is off limits. If you make any kind of uh, anything like that, any mention to it in a comparative tone or anything like that in the Toonami talkback, to your talkback will be ignored violently. <laughs> Cracking down. 
<laughs> no, I <laughs> no 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 no. This is my job to put the uh, put the populace on notice. <laughs> this is not a democracy. <laughs> well, it, well, if it if it seems it is like, a democracy, but we all vote for it, so it's a okay. council of five votes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, paper. honestly, like, how much time do you guys really want to spend dealing with stuff like that? You know, at the end of the no day, more what, time. Else, <laughs> no yeah, more. what else can you do? None. What else can you do? What else can you do? So eagerly await for par- eagerly await Parasite on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, cool. A new show comes on and it's that's awesome. That's always awesome. So hopefully everybody will get a kick out of that. And mm-hmm. and then, yeah, be talking about something else, you know, some other problem. <laughs> I just eagerly await what comes next from uh from uh, Anaplex in a new slot. I'm me. I've been hoping for Madoka and Maggie for well, Madoka. I've been hoping for since 2012. Maggie, I've been hoping for since 2000, late 2013. So mm, right. Well, I think I mean Maggie's finished. I think they yeah. they finished dubbing that. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I know um, Anaplex is going through the dubs of a couple other shows that are action adventure shows, mm. but I mean. Who knows? Who knows if Anaplex will will have anything else on, you know, before Christmas? Oh, I mean, I, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't I, will they have anything ending before Christmas? Uh, if anything, maybe Michiko and Hachin, I think. Cause we're oh, yeah, that's through. right. Because we're that's about, been, yeah, yeah, it's only like 22 episodes. It's a really weird number. Right. And um, personally, I love Michiko and Hachin. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, but, it's a cool um, show. Oh, I love it. Mostly. Yeah. Mostly because um, I just remember uh, waving the flag for it after I saw it at Anime Boston one year, and uh, Monica Rial and uh, Christopher Bevins sold me on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it, and I was saying, yes, get this show, and I will be very, very sad when it ends. But mm-hmm. um, that's the only show I know of that is ending possibly before Christmas or something like that, so... You just don't know. Um, They'll probably figure out some way to make sure it doesn't end until like the with new year. uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You like, mean it'll also, probably end right before they go on a break like of the sorts, holiday, the holiday break yeah. or something like that. Let's give the second installment of Durarara. Yeah, that would that would be nice. That'd be very nice. Yeah, I would love to have the second season of Durarara. Well, that, I mean, who knows? Who knows what the plan is with that? I mean. Um, I don't think we're supposed to be. We, yeah, we're not supposed to be done with the 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 second arc in the second season until mid November. Like yeah. right now, I'm I'm writing um, episode 19, hmm. and we're recording episode 17, 18, and 19 next week. Hey, so okay, like. Who do I need to throw money and strippers at to make this happen for Toonami? <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, isn't that Jason? Isn't that Jason? Go, I mean, he's, he's, he makes decisions. I don't think he cares where the shows come from. I think he just looks for like the the shows that he and everybody else on Toonami think will fit right on the Toonami block. So yeah, that will fit the theme that the action theme that they've gone for ever since Toonami's inception. And can they afford it? <laughs> yeah. Who knows how much they can afford because they've blown their uh, budgetary load on uh, Intruder 2. So, uh, well, which you I should mean, totally watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I give me some time to watch it and I will totally watch it. Okay. But right now it's like, you know, 
after I'm done writing or after I'm done in the studio, it's called sleep and I need it. <laughs> <laughs> There's such a thing called sleep? What's that? I need it bad. <laughs> sleep, eat, write, repeat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Oh, Keep no, going. No, no. Keep That's going with these talkbacks. I'm interested to hear the next one. <laughs> <laughs> please, please continue. All right. Well, this was kind of funny. Drink. If if not, maybe a joke in poor taste. But uh, <laughs> nobody's showing up to teabag Yuki. This is an MMO. Damn it. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's that cool. was brought That's... to you by TKA two five six. You know oh. what? It just made me. I saw the um, I saw the flood of people, and I'm sitting there like, oh no, they are seriously not going to reference what happened in WoW that one time, are they? <laughs> are you familiar with that, Alex? I've heard of it. Okay, yeah. Well, for those who might not know, like the five of you that might not know, um. <laughs> What happened was, um, for a group of players, they had a friend who died uh, in real life. Oh, yeah, I know about the and world. So, <laughs> and so they uh, they said, uh, we were having a funeral for our friend. Please do not disturb us. And there was just this flood of people <laughs> looking to kill them, to, to, you know, kill them and get their XP, get their XP loot items and other things like that. So mm. I saw that flood of players in ALO, and I'm like, no. no, 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 they're not going to go there, are they? Please don't. This would be a new low even for you, Kawahara. <laughs> Dude, I ain't going to lie. I did watch it on, I watched it on YouTube, man. It's the revenge of that big guild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking salamanders return. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. No, you... Those those guys that they uh, they went up to beat the boss yeah. actually did show up at that funeral. You kind of wonder if they feel like crap. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't realize that these people were dying. <laughs> like, Maybe this isn't that like important. Him. What have I done with my life? <laughs> <laughs> you wasted it over the internet playing role. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, continuing on, uh, Austin Guest keeps it simple. SAO2 was bad, and I did not care for it. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. It kind of sounds like, um, you know, the nostalgia critic going nuts at the end of his uh, uh, review of, uh, what was it? Um, I, I forget what it is. He looks like he's about to rage, and he just goes, I don't particularly care for it. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is good. <laughs> I was thinking of Mr. Horse. No, sir, I don't like it. <laughs> Andy Yoho, referencing a different arc, says the Caliber arc is my favorite in SAO. Why? Short, simple, no forced emotions. Xenon and Klein are the best characters. Spin off with Xenon and Klein, please. Hmm. Would it be a that could be cool. Series? That would be cool. You know, that what? could be cool. I would probably like Sword Art a lot more if they had Klein and his, uh, you know, woman hunting and failing adventures, like him getting punched in the face every time he tries to creep on girls or something. <laughs> He's the Brock of Sao. Definitely be a show. <laughs> that could definitely be a It'd show. Be a little generic, but you know, you spice it up with a super deformed style, and you know. I was just thinking that. Do like a chibi version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you spice it up with super deformed style and other stuff like that. There's a lot of things you could do with it to spice it up just a little bit. Yeah, totally. It just ends with Klein getting punched in the face and never getting the girl. Meanwhile, Xenon <laughs> is getting hit on everywhere, 
and she gets mm-hmm. nobody because she's too attached to Kirito. Oh, wait. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but by the way, uh, personally disappointed that they didn't show us who Klein was talking about. It's like, hey, look at this girl. I'd love to, uh, Klein, yeah. but they're not letting me. <laughs> and unfortunately, that girl turned into a guy. Like, Klein. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the worst luck. Yeah. Klein's luck with girls is mirroring mine. (laughs) And welcome Kirk Thornton to Twitter. Yeah, totally. Hey, Kirk Thornton, you're the best. It's about time. I popped in and said, I feel inclined to say hello. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny. um, A couple days ago, he came in to record some uh, a recurring character uh, that he did for Durara. and And I was like, I turned around in my chair and I was like, Welcome! And he's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing on this. And I'm like, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I'm like, all I, all I know is this. Don't get into arguments with anybody. <laughs> and, and only follow actors. Only follow the people you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's a, good place to, that's a good place to start. Because if you just start following everybody who follows you, mm-hmm. it's gonna, you're going to get all these messages all the time and stuff like that. And it's just going to be a little bit too too much to deal with. Like when I started, I talked to Ben, um, about, you know, Ben and I had this conversation, Ben Diskin, mm-hmm. um, we had a little bit of conversation about it and he's like, okay, well here are these warnings. You know, when you post to Twitter, everybody sees it. If you do this, um, you're, you're talking to one person, but if someone wants to, you know, butt in on the conversation, they'll be able to see it on your feed. Um, but it's not publicly, it's not like a, a post to everybody, like all, all the people who quote unquote follow you. Mm-hmm. So I said that, I told that to Kirk and then I told him about the favorite and the retweets. And I said to be careful with favorites and we treats because when you're favoriting or we t- retweeting, we can't treat? even say it. We treat. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, you want to retreat after you retweet. Retreat, or if you retweet someone, that's almost like you're validating whatever they're commenting on. So just be careful on what you're doing because you can get into trouble with that with some people. You know, they may end up chirping at you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I said, you know what, Kirk? Never mind anything I said. Talk to Ben Diskin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he'll, just, he'll 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 set you straight. He understands. Yeah, <laughs> he knows he knows how to work it. Joshua Knighton writes in, the only two things I can genuinely compliment SAO on is its awesome animation and its great dub. That was what kept me coming back was the dub. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. So, yes. Well, that's that's cool. Yeah. Oh, hell so, yeah. That's why we work so hard, so, it, yeah. so that people could get something out of it. Exactly. And as we gradually phase towards the more positive comments, first up from Frank Full Metal. Emotional episode of SAO2 done right. It's heartwarming to see how Asuna and Yuki affected each other's lives. Yes, the sisterhood of the Medikiboid. The sisterhood of the traveling Medikiboid? There you go. (laughs) That thing doesn't travel, though. No, it doesn't. Or it doesn't travel well. I mean, you probably. No, it's the probe thing that does travel. Ah, okay, yeah. The probe thing is always is something that is like really cool, but at the same time, I'm like, is Wi-Fi really this good in the future? I hope oh so. Yes. But what happened Apparently. to the bees? But what happened oh. to all the bees? <laughs> oh, in Japan, in Japan, it's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. I can. I'll oh my believe. god, it's it's already great. 
It's yeah. I mean, and and honestly, I don't. I don't. Again, it's 2026 when the yeah. story is happening. So who knows if there's free public Wi-Fi or if it's just a cell signal? Who knows what Kirito slapped into that little thing yeah. uh, to make it work? But I mean, either way, it's uh, it was one of those things where when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's fucking hilarious. It's a bubble that's clamped onto her shoulder. Let's see how this is going to play out. And it actually, it actually was pretty cool. I mean, it, it was powered cool. by. I'm it a tech was, head uh, like that. Oh, sorry, Darrell. Uh, um, I'm a tech head like that, so you know, I always, you know, wonder about you know things outside the, like you said, beyond the story, on mm-hmm. that stuff. And because I think you know, technology is effing fantastic like that. So yeah, and it's and at the same time, I hate it. <laughs> Why? Uh, no, I meant technology in general. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> We all hate technology a little bit, especially when it doesn't work for us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that goddamn beta testing. Mm. Yeah. I just can't get over the fact that the main reason that Kirito invented that thing was to spend more time with his Digimon daughter. <laughs> Here, dude, it works off a of harem and waifu power. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, an eternal that power source that never runs out. Oh. It's like an eternal flame. We can go flame. on a picnic with Yui now. I can't eat anything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, that's what I always wondered too. It was kind of like, Oh my God. I think, I think, I think we even talked about that when Stephanie was in recording that it was like, it was like, yeah, Steph, doesn't it suck? You can't take a bite out of one of those ribs. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do? Not being able to have ribs. The reason why Yui went sentient and wiped out the human race. (laughs) <laughs> daddy you didn't love me enough to build me a body so i could consume ribs oh you don't, you don't know what's coming up maybe he will maybe he'll build your little you body i mean it's, take it's, it back to uh 80s ninja turtles predator build me a body it's 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 possible i mean that little pod is one step closer to doing something like that so Ex Machina. <clears throat> you never oh, exactly. You never know. You never know. Maybe if they do a season three, boom, that'll be in it. I have no idea. Haven't read the stories. Haven't had time. So it's kind of one of those does, things. But that's all right. They're also not <laughs> localized. But... <laughs> so. I'm gonna just shut up about the stories now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be here all night. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, Linda Coat 06 at Linda Coat 06. Got a little emotional. It says, I hate this, but it is reality. I can't stop crying, dang it. I keep saying, it's just a show. It's just a show. I should really just relax. <laughs> it's okay, Linda. There are some things that just, even though they're not reality, they still pull at heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, I wanted Sorry. to die after watching that movie. <laughs> I want to die. I, like, not really. I, I didn't want to die, but I felt like i was dead <laughs> uh, i bought it i bought it on blu-ray and i unwrapped it and then i put it in my blu-ray player and then i took it right out <laughs> like, I, I, I watched it i watched it um i watched it years ago on vhs and then i was like oh my god mom you gotta see this and i and i i showed my mom um, grave of the fly- fireflies, and so I watched it twice, like once right after the first. It oh, was, 
I'm never, I don't, I don't think I could do it again. I heard someone on the internet say it was the greatest movie they never wanted to see again. Mm. There's a reason why I don't have Grave of the Fireflies in my uh, collection, even though I probably should. <laughs> Dude, you son of this bastard. Exactly. This is just going to sit there on the shelf. <laughs> it's just, like a lot of others. Until it claims another victim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My, <laughs> but in a good, meaningful way, not in a master of the martial arts kind of way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Funny story about that. Um, I was at AAC, another anime convention in um, New Hampshire last year, and um, I placed it uh, high enough in Who Wants to Be an Anime Millionaire to uh, get a prize. I had a choice of Master of Martial Arts or Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods. <laughs> It was actually quite the uh, decision because I'm like, do I watch something so bad that I have to, you know, say horrible things about it and hopefully people will enjoy my schadenfreude or will they or do I want to watch something that I don't particularly like, but I know is going to be pretty good in DBZ Battle of Gods. So mm. I would Tough So would you pick Dragon Ball Z? Ah, <laughs> yeah. And how'd it go? Uh, I actually liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it was just Dragon Ball Z fan service uh, the whole way through, and uh, I enjoyed the callbacks to the original Dragon Ball because I very much preferred the original Dragon Ball, mostly because um, it's a highly stylized version of uh, the story uh, Journey to the West, which I'm actually reading right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, what, Jerome? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the chapters I'm on. Uh, he's uh, Sun Wukong is in the uh, is. I believe he's leaving the monastery right now or something. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. And Master of Martial Hearts, I probably would have laughed at a lot, but it would have been ultimately a really shallow, hollow experience that would have left me a much less cultured person because of it. Or maybe mm, more trust cultured. Me, you wouldn't laugh because it wasn't <laughs> even so after. bad it's funny. It was just, yeah. you would just sit there, stock and stare. And like, what? <laughs> is this <laughs> why was this made Dude, and more importantly why did it sell well enough to be on Funimation's classics line because boobs that's why <laughs> battle vixens and they're not uh, even good boobs <laughs> okay we gotta stop talking about that awful show <laughs> let's talk about that. this awful show <laughs> <laughs> no no I'm no no no, 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 no. We have no, a guest. No, not even those. I may not like Sword, Sword, Sword Art. Art is is very entertaining to me. So, sketch. We have a guest at the table today. <laughs> oh, oh, please! I, I, you, I, I'm well aware of your guys's format, and I'm a big boy, so I can yeah. handle it. <laughs> give me your goddamn cornbread right now, since you're <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, on a on a scale of really bad things in the world, Sword Art is. Far, far above that crap. Sword Art is incredibly small potatoes compared to what I've heard about no. Master of Martial Arts. Yes, dude, so. I would rather watch Master of Martial Arts than Air Master, dude. Again, I punished myself watching Air Master. Wow. Oh god, that audio was horrible. I'm, I'm just gonna <laughs> stay away from that then. Yes, you will. <laughs> stay All away right, from that, but let's get to back to the talkbacks. <laughs> the Next from uh, Derek Sikinik, who's. Oh, there's a quite the fan thing. of Sword Art Online. Yes. Yeah. He's a pseudo fan. I mean, he goes back and forth, but he's definitely a moderate. The feels I felt when Sword Art Online 2's <laughs> finale 
were real. Just <laughs> tremendous voice direction and acting for this show. We know why you say it feels, Derek. Well, Last we I'll notice. Just to get a <laughs> read, bamboo reads under Sketch's fingernails, you know? Oh. Get in the corner, son, now. Corner. <laughs> Yeah. Don't don't perpetuate that, Jen. Jarrell, <laughs> are you anti quote unquote feels? I am. Oh mm. no, that, that's all sketches. sketches. I sketches. feel as though that word does not properly convey emotion. Ah, uh, it just it seems like it's just sort of a sim- a simplification. <laughs> it is. I mean. You know, and in Twitter, it's kind of like you're still you're still what 140 characters or something. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. What are you gonna do? LOL, LOL, LOL after every goddamn line. LOL. Somehow yeah. I managed to get my points across. <laughs> well, Darrell, you're incredibly direct. Yeah. Yeah, you're. Yeah, Darrell, you're you're what I would call a power user. <laughs> Blunt force trauma. <laughs> yes, I broke Darrell. Oh, in fact, in fact, I should have. In fact, I should have shown Kirk your page and said, "Hey, Kirk, this guy, do what he does. <laughs> <laughs> Just do what he does, and you'll be okay." In nobody, fact, any, will, nobody any of the tsunami, it. any of these tsunami. WWDD, uh, what would Darrell do? Yep. yep. <laughs> he will guide the way. <laughs> I don't know, I guess. Hey, I've been man. doing it for a long time. It's always putting people in their place. So. <laughs> I try to be diplomatic, but like you saw earlier, I try to. I have to be sure that I know when to put the hammer down on people. So. <laughs> Sometimes I scare myself with the shit I say. <laughs> yeah, he wakes, up from, he wakes up from another night of drinking. It's like, I said that? Cool. <laughs> hey, cool. Like you said, I become a sage when I drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. I swear this is true. Oh my, my level of intelligence actually goes up. Oh no. I'm smart already. <laughs> it becomes like that movie Lucy where um Darrell when he drinks gets to use more of his brain. So. Oh. <laughs> the only brain cell die are the ones that are weak. so drinking is a cranial kind of natural selection oh my god it's the purge for brain cells (laughs) somebody go die tonight oh no intervention is it gonna be intervention Jarrell we don't want you to die (laughs) don't worry about it my liver's in the wheel (laughs) you're your liver's in the will. I don't think anybody's gonna want it after that. Oh. <laughs> Look here, yeah. my my liver went into my. Jen, you just throat. keep it in a jar and admire it. Uh, <laughs> Look at that liver. Look at what all it accomplished. No, my liver actually tore my organ donor card. <laughs> <laughs> They start examining uh, Darrell's liver like they're examining Ozzy Osbourne's body. Is you know, it's like how is this thing so resistant? You know. (laughs) (laughs) All in genetics, son. All right, Uh, SL the FMA writes in. I said it back when Sword Art Online 2 aired, but Yugi's death is one of, if not, the best handled deaths in the series. It certainly is. Yeah. 
Mm. It made sense. Mm-hmm. It was certainly poignant. <laughs> Indeed, sir. At Canon Frost writes in, at least this proves to me not everyone is cynical. I can give props to SAO2 for that. Huh? The fuck I, think you he, I think he's saying that he's not a fan of the series, but he did he does give his props to Sword Art Online 2 for how they handled uh, Yuki's death. Oh, oh, okay, that makes sense. Thanks for translating that, Jim. Uh, thank you, Jim. <laughs> I try. See, see, I'm a Twitter noob, so I sometimes need the uh, the translations. Thank mm. you. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, there were several talkbacks from one Alan Gamino, and I decided to more or less compile bits and pieces of them to one mega actual talkback. comment. One mega <laughs> talkback. <laughs> yeah, so here we go. Thanks for sharing the memories of Sword Art Online 2. Thank you for all the help, Kirito. Thank you for everything, Yuki. Thank you to all the actors, the staff, Anaplex, and Toonami. Thank you, and God bless. Side note, my favorite moment of the season was when Kirito pulls Sinon's tail. (laughs) (laughs) That seems to be quite a juxtaposition. (laughs) Oh, it gave me so many positive memories. But you know what I really liked? That part when Kirito was kind of a jerk. <laughs> a playful jerk. Well, thanks for watching, I, I love Alan. That scene. I, I love that scene. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Correct me. Kirito's kind of a troll like that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, particularly in that arc. I just remember one line from uh, the first arc. You know, he accidentally um, grabs uh, one of Asuna's boobies. He goes, hmm, squishy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's be fair. Kirito's probably never felt one before. Uh, <laughs> he was also out of it, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah, he got knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's gets... like, oh, squishy. And you know what happens next? Whack. <laughs> <laughs> With the hand. Was the, now, Alex, I have to ask, was that a direct translation or did, did you get a little bit of free reign on the lip flaps on that one? Oh, you or know, do you I don't remember, but okay. if you give me a sec, I can... I could probably find the script. Okay. Actually. Oh. Hang on one sec. Okay. Or, or talk amongst yourselves while okay. I look it up. Well, okay. this just, well, this is something that I always like is I like the creative process that goes into dubs and stuff like that. So this is we my haven't stalling. Even gotten this to the Q and a yet. So this is my little uh, stalling speech. So <laughs> you don't have to do that. Let me keep reading talkbacks. Okay. <laughs> Ed Gamer for life. One, two, three says Kono Yuki, you were the best for these last seven episodes. By the way, I have to say that I, uh, if someone hadn't said that it was uh, Erica Mendez as Yuki, I wouldn't have known. Oh, right, right. Because <laughs> I'm too used to hearing her as um, Aladdin in Magi and then as um, Ryuko. Ryuko in Kill the Kill. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can hear the dissonance there, but I think it just shows the skill that uh erica has because she's oh yeah she's awesome like that oh yeah no she's she did an awesome job i mean she (laughs) was she came in and she was excuse me she came in and she was super excited to be a part of it um i I don't think she was a fan of the show per se Mm -hmm. but i know that she really really loved this particular arc when she got into it Hmm. um and actually started watching it just doing her homework and stuff and she really loved where it was going and what was happening with it so Hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, she did an she did an awesome job. I mean, honestly, 
it's she doesn't uh, do any other job except awesome <laughs> yeah i mean but uh even even since the since you know started working on kill a kill with her what a year ago or something like that or more than a year ago now mm. um i mean she she rolled into sword art she's a totally different actor mm. she was a totally different actor like like she changed during kill to kill um <laughs> which was cool to see because that again that show just you know that show was that show was the deep end for her. Um, so <laughs> it was one of those the deep end for everybody. <laughs> well, you know, for her, especially, I mean, it was just like, you know, getting, I mean, with that, with that kind of character, a lead, um, who was that kind of character with that kind of personality and that kind of energy and the way the show kind of twisted and turned emotionally on, you know, in the, in the middle of its universe and stuff, it's, you know, she, uh, she, Erica, rises to the occasion mm. um so her skills as an actor like improved like i don't know how many fold but a lot fold mm. <laughs> during the recording of kill the kill i don't know what she was doing in between kill the kill and sword art but i know she's been you know keeping busy because um you know her stock's up now in the, in the industry yeah so Good it's to see. Yeah, no, totally. And I mean, she works, she works hard and she really, she really puts her soul into it. And so when she came in for sword art, it was like, Hey Erica, how's it going? And you know, we talked for a little bit about it and you know, she'd watched the show and she was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm totally looking forward to it. Although I'm dreading that <laughs> the death scene. Yeah. Um, I'm like, don't worry about it. Where everything's going to be okay. Hobbiteers, um, hobbiteers all over the booth. <laughs> oh yeah. No, she was, yeah, it was, we can, we can talk about that later if you guys want, but it's, it was, uh, it was one of those things where I was just like kind of sitting there watching her as she was rolling out a line or something. And I was like, good for you, Erica. Yeah. I'm like, I was, I'm super stoked for her. I'm super fucking happy for her. I just remember, no I just remember hearing of her for the first time in, uh, uh, Dustin Elysian tale. I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah. There's all these people that, that are like, just like me, except, you know, they're, you know, they're young voice actors and they're still new but you know the difference between me and them is that they're successful <laughs> oh i so. there's you know what i just I, I wouldn't i wouldn't put labels like that on <laughs> on anybody if i were you if you want to be a voice actor it's uh, honestly it's like the entertainment industry it's a, a lot of it's luck mm. you know you, you you do all this work to practice and you know hone your skills and stuff and hopefully you have the right skills when the wheel comes around and points at you and mm -hmm. says, hey, try this. Yeah. Hopefully you're ready to do that. A lot of the voice actors coming in to do anime, the, the sort of the quote unquote fans, you know, who've been, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of them came, just sort of knocked on the door at the right time. They had just enough skills to go, yeah, sure, we need you. Come on. You know, it was mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And so a lot of them, a lot of them were sort were all were like just thrown into these situations where it was like, oh, my God, we took Tony's class a couple of times and fuck, here I go. You know, yeah. and it's like, yeah. <laughs> but what's what do you do? And then they come up against, you know, if if I don't know what the other directors are like, but I know when they come in and work with me, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, I, you know, I expect you should know your craft. Mm -hmm. And if you don't. It's going to be hard. I'm not going to be a dick or anything like that. Yeah. But I mean, if if you're giving me flat reads, if you're focusing so much on the internal flaps that you know every line is short or long or whatever, I don't know. It's like <clears throat> they. I I spent a lot of time um, trying to help 
the newer actors unlearn all the shit that they mm -hmm. learned, yeah. if that makes any sense. Because it's kind of like I'm, I'm not looking for crystal clear, perfectly enunciated words because – Hey, if that's the case, then you know that scene between that last scene between Yuki and Asuna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would have been that would have sounded like shit. That would have sounded incredibly stilted. Yes, exactly. Like you know, some dubs tend to do. Um, so, and you know, I, I hate to say that, but I'm just being honest. Oh, um, no, you're to, right. To my ear, it, all it needs is people to just go, just relax and just feel the moment and just. And just speak the lines. Just let the lines come out of you. Mm. And if if they're if they're connected to emotions and subtext, then it doesn't matter if the 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 T on the word the didn't get didn't register on the mic. <laughs> you know, it's like that shit doesn't matter to me. So, <laughs> but you know, again, it's like that's me. That's how I roll um, because that's kind of what I'm listening for in these mm. sessions just because that's kind of what i prefer yeah am i right i don't know i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who fucking hate <laughs> hate hate the shows that i work on no seriously i'm sure there's quite a few people out there who go oh fuck it's it's another alex show you well, know and it's one of those things <laughs> well those people are fucking wrong so. well well no i mean again it's like opinions right it's yeah. like everybody's entitled to their opinion and they might be looking for something else in their anime some people really like some people really like their anime completely sort of unaltered from the translations. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they, uh, some people prefer their characters to speak as the subtitles show. So, I mean, it's, it, that's, that's a matter of preference. I, I don't particularly like that because it takes me out of the, the, the story when a character who's supposed to be uneducated speaks mm. like an English professor. <laughs> yeah. So it, it doesn't make sense. It's not the character. And I don't give a shit what the fucking subtitler or translator. <laughs> that's Hell not yeah. There's Alex stuff that doesn't translate. Yeah. It's one of those things. So it's like, whatever, but getting back to it, um, Erica, I'm super happy for her and I'm, and I'm, and I just, you know, I, I, I know she's, I, I mean, she's already doing it. I mean, she's, she got a, she scored a gig on Sailor Moon and stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, every time I see her now, which is rare, I bumped into her yesterday or the day before, um, in the studio, she was going to do something else. I forget what it was, but I don't even know if I could tell you if I did remember. Anyway, um, <clears throat> and she was sitting there on the on this little couch in the lobby and stuff. And I just looked down at her and I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, I'm like, good for you. Yeah, um, I just I'm just uh, I just for some reason, I just feel like proud of Erica and stuff like that. Because like I said, I first heard of her in um, Dust and Elysian Tale, which mm -hmm. fantastic game. I mm -hmm. should play that for Famicom Friday someday. And um, I'll retweet it if you do. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Your support, by the way, is absolutely wonderful. Oh, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's helping any, but I mean, it's it's pretty cool what you were doing. The couple ones. I love the toast game. So it was like, <laughs> oh, my bread. God. Yeah. I and, am then, yeah and, then, and then it's like hearing you making comments and getting frustrated as the toast kept falling into the sink. Yeah. I was like, this is badass. <laughs> Everyone People only like it when I get angry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know if you got a chance to um, uh, watch my Shovel Knight uh, stream 
uh, this week, but I have not. Okay. Unfortunately, okay. I have been so, I, like I said, I'm working on, I'm trying to finish episode 19, yeah. um, have to finish it by tonight. So the client can check it out tomorrow and ah, give it back. Yeah. So it's, it, this is my life right now, ever since starting to rah, rah, rah has, <laughs> has just been either sitting at home writing or being in the studio recording and then coming home and writing some more at night. <laughs> I, I've, I've missed, uh, I've missed, uh, my nephew's wedding. Oh no. I missed, I missed, um, uh, uh, t- uh two nephews birthdays. Mm. Um, I'm not going to be able to go to a friend's wedding, um, that's happening a couple weeks from now. Oh no. Uh, yeah, it's, this is, but this is it. I mean, it's, what, what do I do? I mean, already I'm only writing half of this arc as it is because that's all I can take on. The, mm-hmm. the other half of it is uh, Caitlin Glass. <clears throat> yeah, um, Caitlin Glass. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's super cool. I've never worked with her before in, uh, other than just, uh, you know, she was the actor in Sword Art. Um, but it was, um, you know, so that's kind of a strange adjustment for me to make. Yeah. Um, but it. it this is this is what I have to do to make sure that the show works the way I'm hearing it in my head. Hmm. Um, so I, I have to make these kinds of sacrifices, unfortunately. Exactly. Um, so. Oh, and by the way, I hate to interrupt, but I found that script. Oh, yeah. Ah. So um, as Kirito is uh, gaining consciousness, the translation was, what? Dot, dot, dot. And then there was a two-beat sort of hitch. And then he goes, uh, and then the next line is dot dot dot. Is this question mark? Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Yeah, that actually, I like your translation so much better because it has so much more personality. <laughs> well, it's you know, I was I was stuck because the the first thing that he says, the what, was actually like three or four flaps. Ah. <laughs> so I had to fill that out, and so oh, wow. I had to make it. What is this thing? And then beat, beat, hmm, squishy. So, <laughs> so I, it was it, because it was three syllables. It wasn't like, is this is two syllables in English. That's what yeah. it's translated to. So um, I was like, oh, shit. He's got a little bit of a closed mouth effort. So that could be a hmm. And then what's a two syllable thing I could do? Well, I can't use is this squishy. Yeah, so I figure, yeah, if the client doesn't mind, then fuck it, let's go for it. So that's yeah. Bryce's that's delivery what... made that work. <laughs> oh hell yes! <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Was he surprised to see that line? No, I you know Bryce, <laughs> Bryce at, after working with him on Blue Exorcist, um, Bryce pretty much knew what to expect. So he's always. <laughs> You know, and we talk all the time. I mean, he's probably one of the closest friends I have in the business right now. So, like, we'll we'll get lunch or something if he's in the area, and we've got a break that sort of um, sort of uh, connects a little bit. Um, so it's Bryce. He'll I th- I think he looks forward to coming in to work on something because he'll he'll always have some sort of a surprise waiting for him if it's not. <laughs> If it's not come up some kind of stupid blooper, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's a line that I think he knows he could probably sink his teeth into and have some fun with. So, um, and that's, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. So and I, I, other actors know that too about me. Most of the ones who I've worked with, um, a lot, um, I think, I think they, uh, I mean, I, I hope they come in knowing that 
the script is in a place that um, hopefully will help them get into the character more and, uh, and into the character's sort of headspace more yeah. and, and hopefully make the process easier. Can't you know? Can't say anything about the damn hitches in between the things because, you know, that's always difficult uh, waters to navigate through and across and over. But um, you know, hopefully, hopefully everybody knows by now that if that if I'm I'm working on a show with them, that I'm going to be doing my best to sort of um, make it as uh, as easy for them as possible as I possibly can as far as the lines go. Hmm. So. Mm-hmm. We're going to try and get through the rest of these in a lightning round. Ha, good luck. <laughs> yes. Cody GGPR writes in, I think SAO 2 as a whole was better than the fairy arc of SAO, but worse than the Eincrad arc. All in all, perfectly all right. <laughs> huh, nice. Stephen Oz writes in, SAO 2 was okay, but stop using the plot device of death. The writers have really desensitized the viewers to all deaths. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how you compare that, dude, because if you've never actually seen Death itself, you have no right to even say that at this point. Well, I don't I, think they've overused Death in SAO, actually. I think they've overused something else. <laughs> <laughs> Scratching his chin. I wonder what that could be. Uh. I wonder what he means by that. <laughs> Might it be sexual assault? Yes. It's not called mm. sexual assault online for nothing. Interesting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's something to laugh out of that. Yes, let's just keep dipping back into the crazy rapey guy barrel. <laughs> and Benjamin Pajon writes in, well, that's one way to set up a third season. Mm-hmm. And Chris Atlas writes in, it'll be interesting to see if SAO fixes its problems in season three so that everyone can enjoy it. I hope so. I want to like Sword Art Online. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to like in Sword Art, and then uh, a pe- a stray pencil impales me through the head. I don't know where that comes from, but <laughs> <laughs> Jasper underscore Quasar writes in. Time for everyone to go home and pray that this experience has made you stronger. I can already see that the SAO. DF, I'm guessing that's Defense Force, will not lower their arms despite the battles over and they have won. No, we all lost. You know, <laughs> if, if something affects you, of course you're going to keep defending it long after the fact. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's yeah, but you said something. It is. You said something interesting, Jim. We all kind of lost on that one. Mm. It's it's. <laughs> I I think. I think ultimately, um, and I mean, again, here's an opinion I'm pulling out of my ass. I think if, you know, if, if you like something that much that you're willing to hurt someone's or, or hate something that much that you're willing to sort of get into these vicious arguments with strangers over it and hurt people's feelings over it, you need to take, you don't need to take a step back. You need to fucking walk away and close the door on it right away yeah, because exactly. it's not... Uh, that's that's not why these shows are being made. These shows are being made for people to enjoy about it. And yes, spirited conversation is always a good thing. But ultimately, it's one of those things. If you can't, if you can't, you know, if it's so hard for for two people to see eye to eye on something, and it gets to a point where it's coming to these verbal blows, um, everybody just needs to take a breath. Someone needs to take the high road and j- literally just walk away. 
because this is this is fucking crazy. This yeah. is fucking. I mean, sometimes you just gotta agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And there's no harm, no foul in doing that. It's just, I mean, Christ, as an adult, I mean, you have to do that every goddamn day. I mean, that's you know, <laughs> my job as a director. It's you know, it's a job that has compromise in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of compromising. And an actor, I'm sure an actor comes in and they may hate the fucking line. They may look at it and go, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to fucking say that shit. Do they have, are they going to tell me about it? Well, most actors, no. There's a couple actors, yes, who are very vocal about, oh, I'm absolutely not going to say this line. But, you know, that's, that's only like two that I can think of right now. The rest of them are usually pretty cool with just doing whatever and trusting. You know, again, it's kind of like, take the high road. Agree, disagree, chill. It's not worth it. There is hope. There is help. There's the please, please, please get a life foundation. <laughs> I love that bit. I remember. At N underscore Sakurai 16 says, maybe there will be less bitching if it comes back someday. Sword Art on the Line 2 was great despite the haters. There will never be any bitching that will ever go away. Bitching will continue no matter what. That's true. That's true. And Lord Terminal, who's always got to have his say about SAO, says, I can't help but be defensive about Sword Art Online 2. It had far less stupid, and no one will change my mind. I think in regards to Season 1 versus Season (laughs) 2. Regardless, I know I wasn't always civil with the hate dumb, but that's because they struck me as pretentious. But if you're not going to be convinced that SAO can actually be good for once, then whatever. It's not like the alternative MMO anime are better. I know. I've tried them. (laughs) I've talked with him about this, and I feel like, one, he's looking for faults. Two, hasn't given them a truly fair chance. But that's another. That's a Probably. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry about it. He's just stuck on his own opinion, so we're going to let you have that, buddy. (laughs) I want to super hey, you know, right more now. power to you for had, liking Sword Art Online. But you yeah, know, as I much as a, you do. I had a conversation with him earlier today, and I said, uh, "You've got to broaden your horizons." And he, and without giving away too much, it's just like, "What are we?" Supposed- Was that one way of yeah. saying check out Log Horizon? No, actually, he's already checked out Log Horizon. <laughs> yes, but, I know. Uh, I'm sitting there thinking. I, could, I just gotta, couldn't let that one pass. That's all I can say is just, you know, broaden your horizons, settle in with a settle in with a comedy. Then he mentions Cross Ange, and I'm sitting there like, no, that's not a comedy. I think I'm saying, um, first of all, no, that's not a comedy. comedy. Y'all need some, y'all need Wait, some Excel the... saga. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I should have said y'all need some Excel saga. Cross Ange <laughs> is definitely not one show for a palate cleansing no uh no <laughs> a palate cleansing show is something i should have suggested macross plus because that show is fucking phenomenal mm. mm-hmm. mm. it's, 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 i believe it is a capital it is worth capital punishment in many third world countries to not like macross plus <laughs> yes you get a canon if you don't exactly they give we you have come lashes. to the last the last talk back at least <laughs> This Tom Alvarez 2326, out of all the shows Toonami has aired, I think SAO has been the most controversial in terms of Twitter. I hope that there'll be less of that now. I really do. Yeah. Fingers uh, crossed. I'll say it yeah. again. <laughs> when, when, we, 
finished embarking on the first season of Sword Art Online, I said, you know, for all that's said and done, we're never going to get more conversation out of another show than Sword Art Online. That's just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, I, I guess technically we got more out of Sword Art Online, too, but you could consider them the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so it will probably continue. And yes, because it continues to do well, whenever there is a Sword Art Online 3 and it becomes available in English, you can pretty much count on Toonami playing it. Maybe, it maybe there. not. I, I mean, <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. Maybe they were listening to all this stuff. I mean, maybe... Nah, just ratings, no, the ratings like, are king. <laughs> if there's one thing I've noticed, Alex, in the three years that I've been doing this, it's that what the community says doesn't really matter if it is a ratings winner then it will see more yeah but don't they choose shows based on what they like like jason didn't jason say oh, yeah. once so it's kind of like i mean maybe they brought this show on and maybe they didn't like how how it rolled out you know i mean it's not like uh, maybe you know maybe that's true. The, nothing set in stone yeah so it's kind of like that's what i'm saying it's like it's who knows if it's going to be on TV. I mean, who knows if they'll make a Sword Art 3? Who knows if Anaplex will want to dub a Sword Art 3? I mean, I have no idea. Um, because I'm sure everybody's been sort of paying attention and everybody else has their opinions at these companies as well, mm. um, you know, about about things. So, God, I mean, you know, it's great that people people enjoyed the show for what it was and they went on the journey and they liked the characters and they had fun. Um it's that's that's awesome um but you no one can say for sure right now at this moment at 539 pacific standard time where i'm at <laughs> it's like i it's, there, nobody can say for sure what's going to happen if they will have a sword art 3 on tsunami well let me put it this way um the if they do end up dubbing sword art online 3 it is not going to be um, anywhere close to as uh, fun, and it doesn't. It's not going to have that edge if you're not dubbing it. Because oh the well, dub was okay. the dub was what kept me going on this. Like I said, yeah. So. Oh, well, that's that's nice. Thanks for saying that. I mean, it's you know that's that's cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm yes. glad you enjoyed it. But there's you know, like I said, there's tons of people in this industry, um, you know chomping at the bit to work on shows like this and i'm sure whoever does will you know do an awesome job too it's... yeah make sure you tell that alex von david guy to make sure he does a good good one on, on sword art <laughs> yeah we got some emails i'm just gonna read the quick ones yeah once again, people seem to forget that we're like, hey, please don't send us a novel. We got yeah. lots of things. We told y'all about writing War and Peace with questions, damn it. Yeah. So this email from Arthur Mesa. My thoughts on SAO2 is the story is all right and gets better in the Mother's Rosario arc. Once again, Alex, you have done a great job with the dub. And I was in tears with last night's finale. Jeremy and Erica killed it with that scene. Keep up the good work with future shows, Alex, and I'm looking forward to more of your work. Thanks. Thanks for watching. Next one from Tyree Smith. It's kind of ironic that that uh, a vigil was held in real life in Final Fantasy 
14 for a dying player in the game and a bunch of people in different servers logged in from around the world to pay their respects and rest in peace codex yeah that that actually um i found out about that after the they streamed this last episode of sword art the day after i think it was kotaku had an article about it and i saw it and i fucking just lost it again it was wow. it was like they had screenshots i mean everybody was taking a knee around this player and it was just mm -hmm. like oh my god yeah it was unbelievable and and it just it was it i mean it gave me chills obviously because i never realized that stuff like this happened mm -hmm. um i think i think in the article if i'm remembering correctly somebody mentioned or in the comments section because I, I was reading those i was so just like intrigued by this because this was exactly what i was working on or going to start working on and and someone had mentioned that it had happened before in world of warcraft or something i don't remember i don't remember exactly um i think the article is still up on kotaku if you just google it but it's uh holy shit i i, I just I, I remember calling hiraway or talking to her she's hiraway tsukamoto who's the producer at anaplex who i work with pretty much most of the time um I remember telling her about it and she was just blown away. She's like, oh my God, this really happens. So, ugh, just a horrible, horrible coincidence. Um, <laughs> just a horrible coincidence. Hmm. Hmm. Samuel Naves writes in, my thoughts on SAO are the show itself is and just was amazing. I'd like to thank Alex for directing the show. It's one of my favorite animes and all of the voice actors that he directed. He also has a question, but it kind of rolls into a fairly common question that other people asked. So I How will do I save get that your job? For, uh, no, no, not, 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 not actually that. Oh, dang it. Yeah. And here we have an email from Allison. Hello, Toonami Faithful Podcast. It's Meowth 900th here. Just wanted to say some parting words on that show. The show itself was much better when it came to the random arc where the characters were doing a quest and Mother's Rosario in the second half as opposed to the Gun Gale online. All the voice direction by Alex Von David was fantastic, and so were the performances by Bryce, Cherami, Michelle, Ben, Johnny, and Erica. If it weren't for how fantastic the dub was, I'd not even have watched the show every week. The animation was good, and so was the music. I felt some of the emotion at the end of Mother's Rosario. I didn't cry, but I did feel something when it came to Erica's performance as Yuki and the music in the background. Oh, and before some assholes call me a hater, I just <coughs> wanted to let them know I've been getting those light novels on Amazon and have a better experience with these Flame War series. So, so far, I have Volume 1 of Aincrad, the Progressive novels, and the Fairy Dance novels, and I have the Phantom Bullet volumes pre-ordered so she's working her way through the novels ever since colt couldn't shut up about how the novels were so much better <laughs> <laughs> i guess uh the curiosity got to the cat <laughs> hopefully it doesn't kill it <laughs> you can't kill allison you can only yeah. hope to stave her off you can only hope to you know stave <laughs> off her wrath her monotone snarky wrath i love the darkness that resides within allison that's my intern yeah. yep, yo her. intern jen i know yes 
<laughs> yeah, Alex, that is how she says yes. <laughs> yes I've, that is I've, fact, I've, I heard one of your podcasts with her on yeah. it. So, yeah. She's... The female uh, she, doesn't, she doesn't seem like she really likes anything when she says, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I loved it. And I'm like, Wow, she doesn't sound. Is she being sarcastic? <laughs> you have the. You actually have to know Allison because I can pretty much pick up on what she's feeling better than anybody. It's wow. just how she speaks, you know. Oh, okay. So, so just take her. So literally take her word for it. She's gonna say if she doesn't like something, she's gonna say I hate this. And if she likes something, she's gonna say I like it. And she doesn't put any sort of baggage on it. Right. She doesn't sugarcoat shit. Pretty much. Yeah. When no, she says no, she doesn't like something, that's when she starts making horrible jokes about it. But oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Allison. Yeah. Love you. Thanks for being a straight shooter. She don't love that. So. <laughs> I guess I can read this much from uh, Artorelia's email. Mm-hmm. Which is not as long as the last time, but still pretty long. <laughs> uh, first off, the dub was excellent as ever. Now, my overall rating for this season, it's kind of hard. One arc was good, while the others weren't as good to me. Maybe the arc was better. Maybe the third arc was better than the second, but in general, the first one was the only one that really stood out this season, even though it was slow. For me, this season was probably fall somewhere in the middle between bad and great due to the last two arcs and the fact that the danger wasn't quite as high. Eh. I think, I think, I think this goes back to what I was saying before yeah. that I think, I think on the Toonami block, a show like sword art online, which is, which is not what I would consider an action show. It has action moments in it. I think it's more of a, uh, more of a, uh, which we'll call it a soap opera. I, maybe it was the wrong fit. I don't oh, know. no, I think it has plenty enough action. It's got sort of goddamn fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my phone. It's not no, my it's phone. Fine. <laughs> I was gonna say, no, Alex, if, if, no, here's the thing. Oh. I thought it was sketches, too. I was like, oh, damn. No, 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 it's, no, 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 it's, no. it's fine. Apologies. Apologies. It's my mom. She's no. just calling oh. to check to just see how see whether I'm still alive or not. Are you on um, that podcast again, dear? No, she's she's no, she's she's she's, she's worrying it's about me a lot. on the Internet. Be sure to wear a sweater. No, she's, she's two sweaters. She, no, she just worries about me because um, because I, I really don't have a life anymore. Oh, so okay. <laughs> so it's kind of like she calls Did up to check in. Did you see the sun today? Yeah. No, no, Did you see the sun today, dear? That is that is a conversation I have with her. <laughs> uh, so it's yeah, that's that was my mom. I'll just I'll just call her back. But anyway, <laughs> what the hell was were we talking about? I was about to make a horrible pun if you didn't catch that phone. <laughs> I was going to say, so I was going to say, so Alex, could you say that it is a ringing endorsement? <laughs> well, it was indeed horrible. My mom, my mom does like the show. Hmm. Oh, hey, well, there you go. So that counts for something. Yeah. Hey, Darrell, does your mom like the show? <laughs> She had mixed feelings about it. All right. She was it's like, great. why the fuck did they actually add a rape scene into this shit? <laughs> she, she's a straight shooter, Alex. Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. <laughs> she is a straight shooter. You think I'm bad, dude. 
<laughs> no, right, again, those are her exact words. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I, I mean, that like it, it it does its job. I mean, it shocks you, and it's it's that's what that's what uh, Kawahara wanted at that point in the story. So that's that's how it was supposed to be. But um, she did have this to say. She said that the direction and the voice acting and the animation was very beautiful. She's like, whoever oh. wrote the scripts was fucking awesome. Oh, well, that's... Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Mrs. Durrell. <laughs> I, I don't know... I don't know... Ms. Maddox. Ms. Maddox. Ms. Maddox. Ms. Maddox. And having... Uh, Alex, having met her a couple of times, I could say that that tone is absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mom oh, is like that's... the number one fan of this podcast for real. Oh, cool. Okay. And people still ask me, do I kiss my mother with this mouth? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've made it. It's Q&A time. Okay, well, yeah. although I do have a question before we begin for you, Alex. Yes. So. How does it feel to have been a part of the creative process of something that is simultaneously seen as worse than Nazi Germany, yet better than sliced bread at the same time? It feels... It feels like something I'd want to do all over again. <laughs> um, honestly, because it's... Uh, it's the, the Working with these actors um, on this story... Um, was kind of perfect for me. It was one of those moments where it was like the there was a lightness to everything. Yeah. Um, even when we got into the deeper, darker scenes, <clears throat> I was working with people who I really, uh, I really truly like working with, um, and and I respect I respect them as as co-conspirators. Yeah. Um, I think everyone on the show, everyone from our Walla groups all the way through to the main cast. Um, I mean, everybody brought their all and I was so appreciative of them um, always coming and just like giving 100%. And you know what? When I pushed them a little bit more and said, hey, I need to see a little bit more whatever, um, there was no bitching or whining or crossing eyes or, you know, dirty looks or anything like that. It was kind of like everybody just sort of knew that, you know, they had to, they had to just go a little deeper and a little further with whatever they're, they were doing at the time. And mm -hmm. so it was, it was one of those things where it was like, it was, uh, it was one of those shows where we're at the end of it. I was, you know, I was pretty sad it was over because I wouldn't be hanging out with them anymore. So, mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I do it again in a heartbeat because personally I love the show. I get where it's coming from. I, you know, problems that I had, um, in the storyline, I think, just the biggest problem I had was, um, you know, just showing, I think we talked about this, showing a little bit more of, of, of how, <clears throat> of how Kirito was affected, mm. um, by what happened to him in Einkrad with, uh, with Laughing Coffin. Yeah. Like that scene, um, I mean, they probably didn't expect to go season two with it. So maybe that's why they didn't put it in, in season one, who knows, um, I'm not, you know, I, I, I wasn't involved in the creation of the show. Mm -hmm. So um, if that's the case, I, I totally get that. And they had to f figure out how to slide it into the second season to make um, mm. Kirito's, uh, to make Kirito's baggage make sense. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it was one of those things where, oh man, I wish they would have just snuck that in there in Eincrad because, and just left it in there because then that would have made Gun Gale even more impactful. Mm-hmm. And that moment when he starts losing it, then it's not such a big, oh shit. Um, or, or they could have snuck it into the, um, the little sort of, um, um, the Sword Art Extra Edition sort of, it was like a two hour long thing. It was like a yeah. half hour of new adventure and then Kirito just sort of uh, recapping everything that happened in the first and second arcs of the first season. Right. They c- maybe they could have figured out how to sneak it in there somewhere. I don't know how though, mm-hmm. but that was, that was the one, that was the only issue I really had with it story-wise just because it was just kind of like, man, it it just seemed like it was just sort of shoehorned in there kind of hard. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so. so we talked about that in your last time here. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, not to sound dismissive, but um, yeah. no, sorry to repeat myself. No, 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 no. Uh, part of it. It's just how it was originally written as a novel. Yeah. Well, mm, I guess. And I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll never really know if a one pictures should have modified the story more to improve it but you know they would have gotten flagged if they went too far off the beaten path though from what i've heard Hmm. certainly some things in the gun gale arc were not adapted particularly well from the from the novel yes Mm. everybody Uh, knows my stance on that so i'm not going to repeat myself (laughs) mm -hmm. but enough about that so I noticed on Twitter the other evening that you mentioned that there was a particular way that you recorded Yuki's death scene. So why don't you tell us about that? Oh yeah. Okay. So when I when I got to <laughs> when I saw that episode, I was like, "How the hell?" Are, okay. All right. Well, this is going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> and then I started work on writing sword art and blah blah blah. And so we're getting through it, and I'm and I'm getting to episode 24 and I'm starting to write it and um, just getting getting through that part of the episode was um, emotionally really difficult for me just just preface all this it was uh, because I'm listening to both the music and the dialogue when I'm, I'm like playing back the Japanese back and forth to check like sync to see if a line fits and stuff so the, I'm reliving these moments again and again and again in little tiny bite-sized portions after already you know seeing the whole episode um, of course, I watched the episode again before I started it, so everything was still fresh in my head. So I'd, it would it would hurt, um, and I'd have to. Getting through that episode took about, or sorry, getting through that scene took about maybe two days for me because I just couldn't sit with it for very long. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I started thinking because by that time um, we were already talking about who might be good for Yuki, um, and Hiroi and I were thinking, going, okay, well, there's this person, there's this person, there's this person. And I was like, well, what about, what about Erica? And then with that in my head, as I was writing, I was thinking about Erica and, and thinking how difficult this might be for her. Um, because I'd never worked with her in, in this kind of, in this kind of scene that was this emotional. Jeremy, I wasn't, um, concerned with because I mean, I mean, share me late. So it's like, geez, but Erica, I was concerned with, I wanted to make sure that she had the right dialogue to play off of. 
and that she was in the right sort of headspace. So I already started thinking about that. And <clears throat> when we started recording the arc, it just never, it would always just be in the back of my head. So I don't know, one day I was, I was just like, I was thinking it sounds, the Japanese actress sounds so weak in it. And I thought we, we sound different when we're lying down versus when we're sitting up or standing, like our just voices, our voices, the timber of our voice changes, the energy of our speech changes and stuff. And so I thought, why not just have her like reclining just like in the scene um, so that her voice and her body position and her, you know, her physicality and stuff, it, would, it was all to help Erica sort of get into that um, sort of headspace. So um, I, 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 Juna Meta, who's an engineer who works at Out of Bank Zoom, he was recording most of the show. He, I talked to him about it. Um, I, I talked to Erica about it too and said, this is what I'm thinking. If it doesn't work, no big deal. But Jun seems to be cool with it. He thinks he can mic her, mic you okay. And so then I, when the day came to record that scene, um, I think we, I think we started that scene. Yeah. I think we started recording it during a, a, a session where we were recording something else like the end of, uh, episode 23 or whatever. And then we just had some time left and I, and I said, you know what, fuck it. Let's, I'm going to go grab the chair. Let's see what happens. So I ran to another studio that nobody was using that I knew had these like sort of, uh, uh, long back chairs that were reclining. It was an office chair. And <clears throat> I rolled it into studio one and June marked it on the floor so that if it did work, we could, you know, put it in, put it back the next time we saw Erica. Um, and then he slipped the mic in, we got Erica in position. June had a little chair that she could put her feet up in and, um, and she was fully reclined in that chair. I mean, like not straight as board reclined, but she was laying back pretty, pretty far. And so we recorded a couple of lines and it worked and Erica liked it. And, um, and that's how we recorded it. She was reclining the whole time, just in the same position as Yuki is in, uh, in that scene. So that's why her voice sounds the way it does. Um, that's why her, uh, energy is the way it is. Um, uh, you know, Erica, Erica brought it to life, like physically. <laughs> so, and it was funny when, um, when we were mixing, or when Mike Brooks, um, who mixed the show, um, after um, Hiroe and I watched his final mix, he turned and he was like, he was like, I just got to say, oh my God. And I'm like, hey, you know how we recorded that? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, and so I just described to him what I just described to you. And he was like, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> and he's like, well, that was great. I don't think I've ever heard anybody do that before. And so I kind of was like, well, maybe more people will. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the next death scene that rolls through bang zoom for a mix. <laughs> maybe that actor will be reclining full, full on too. I mean, who knows? But, um, I took a couple of pictures of Erica in that, in that rig. Uh, but, uh, I, I, Boyd. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, 
but uh, but I, I erased him because they just it didn't it wasn't very flattering. Like it's you know it's just Erica laying back in a chair with this microphone in her face with her feet up. So it, was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of like you know what, Erica, I'm I'm deleting these. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. And I could have uh... swore, swore I took a picture of her with her phone so that at least she would have it as like a memory or something. Yeah. But last night when we were twittering back and forth at each other. Um, someone said pictures or it didn't exist and I and I was like hey Erica didn't you have it on your phone and she's like no it was on yours you dumb shit and I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I'm actually kind of glad because the pictures did yeah the, the, the pictures were not flattering for Erica so I'd rather not have those <laughs> so I do know that during that scene both Erica and Sheremy who had watched I mean Sheremy um, did her homework all the way through the show so she knew everything that was happening and all this stuff um erica and Jeremy were in tears when they recorded that i'll believe it so yeah it was it was it was pretty uh it was pretty pretty gnarly um uh erica was was pretty pretty torn up i mean she kept a stiff upper lip but it was one of those things where it was like oh my god um Jeremy had lost an aunt recently oh no when we recorded that so she was using that and then also as a side note, I remember uh, Erica Lindbeck when we were recording um, Nori breaking up when Nori was paying her respects. Mm-hmm. Um, those tears were real too mm. uh, because Erica's, um, I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but um, uh, Erica that admitted to me after we got through that scene, she said, well, my dog had to be put to sleep this morning. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Boy. So it was... Yeah, so it was one of those things where, I mean, it was it, it was rough, and and you know, for me too. I mean, reliving that scene again, but now having to try to, you know, communicate a direction um, was. Jeremy will. I, I'm pretty sure Jeremy remembers. There was a couple of times when I just I couldn't talk. I would mm. you know I would just like make the sort of loopy sort of sign with my fingers or something just mm-hmm. to let her know to speed up the read because I just, I was, I was so choked up. Yeah. And then last night too, I mean, I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't go for a while because I was just sitting there just kind of like wiping my eyes again. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it's, it was, it was, it was difficult for me. Yeah. It was difficult for me when, I mean, I was, I was reliving my, um, I think what it was is I was reliving what happened when my dad died. Because I I actually was holding his hand when he when he died, um, so that was something that was going through my head through this whole thing, um, and I and I think I remember telling uh, Jeremy this that story of what that was like. Yeah. Because um, Jeremy uh, wasn't uh, there when her aunt died, so um, I don't think she'd been in a situation like that. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it was one of those things where it was, you know, you, you let your, your emotions go and hopefully great things happen as a result. Yeah. So. Well, they did. <laughs> so. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Mm. On to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to these user-submitted questions, uh, I just wanted to ask uh more of a, a broad strokes question about the, the story arc because there have been plenty of people who have felt like uh, 
the story arc with Yuki did not spend enough time with Yuki and that it was maybe wasted too much on the interactions between Asuna and her mother. Now, do you personally feel that uh, the story arc with Asuna and her mother and this story arc all kind of came together in the right way to make the both of those elements matter? In in my opinion, yes, because it's not Yuki's story. It's Asuna's story. She's the main story. Yuki is the person who helps Asuna um, with... Uh, an issue that Asuna has. That was Yuki's purpose. Um, Asuna, yeah, Asuna was there to help Yuki and the Sleeping Knights um, get their names up on the Monument of Swordsmen. That was a goal, sure, but ultimately it's Asuna's story. Um, and, you know, Asuna is a character who, as much as everyone says how strong she is and how amazing she is and how, you know, this and that, we've never really known that much about her and about what she goes through. So um, this whole thing with her mom, it kind of, it was one of those things where if it wasn't for Yuki, Asuna wouldn't have realized what she needed to do to sort of take con- take at least more control of her future uh, instead of letting, uh, just sort of being passive and letting uh, just boiling, you know, inside as opposed to speaking her mind against her mother um, and what her mother was trying to do. Um, her mother has good intentions. She's not evil. Um, but, um, you know, again, it's kind of like uh, it, it was Yuki's story. So, I'm sorry, it was Asuna's story, um, in my opinion. And, uh, and I thought the blending of the two characters and how they help each other was done actually rather well. I know Yuki's a cool character. I wish, I wish maybe we could have known her a little bit longer, um, but then maybe I don't know. Maybe it would have, maybe it would have been too long. I mean, who knows? Again, I'm not I'm not a creator of the show, so I I don't quite know why they they go a certain amount of episodes on one arc as opposed to another. Why they pick certain arcs over other arcs to focus on. Um, I'm not involved in any of that decision-making. Um, but I think the decisions that they made for this season of Sword Art, at all three arcs, I think overall they made some pretty good decisions just with the caveat of that one thing I mentioned in Gun Gale. You can't really have this story with Asuna without the catalyst of meeting Yuki and how that affects both of their lives. I think the ultimate question is whether or not Yuki served a purpose other than a plot device. Uh, I think, I think she did. I think she served a purpose other than a. Well, I mean, when you get de- right down to it, and you want to boil a story down to its elements and stuff, every character is a plot device. Um, you know, if uh, that's that's the only way you get drama. Um, so, I think, I think. If Yuki lasted a little bit longer, it would have been awesome to see like another adventure or two. But uh, again, as as the story is being told, we, we find out that you know Yuki only has a certain amount of time left. Um, so she's kind of fighting right now as hard as she can to try to to stay alive to to get the names up on the wall, monument of swordsmen and. Uh, 
and you know also she also has this interesting moment when she when she's dying and she says that she used to think that she did really she didn't really she wasn't of any value like why was she alive she was she was sort of born to suffer um <clears throat> but at the end she starts she starts realizing that you know what it was even though there was all that suffering involved, she got to meet someone who really affected her, someone she loved as much as like her sister, um, someone who coincidentally reminded her of her sister a lot, um, personality-wise. So ultimately, it's Yuki making peace with the fact that she was cursed to die. Um, and, you know, I wish that kind of peace could be experienced by everyone who's dying um, because, you know, again, going back to my dad, um, he looked scared and he looked confused and then he was gone and I was holding his hand. So I can only imagine what it's like for other people in their last, you know, when they're taking their last few breaths, it's like, what's it like? Uh, very, it's it's. You're lucky if you die quickly or in your sleep without terror, without knowing that it's there. Um, but if you have as much time as Yuki had to think about the end and to see her sister and her family and a couple of her friends die, to 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 just have them not be there anymore, I think you you take life in a different way. And I think ultimately that this arc dealt with that in a very sort of realistic way, at least as far as the conversations were concerned. Um, I was noticing in the translation, it was very, uh, uh, just on the translation level, it was very, uh, it was a very mature sort of way of handling it. And that's what I hopefully uh, tried to convey with the adaptation as well. Mm. So. First, uh, user-submitted question. Stephen Oz asks, how was directing this anime different from other anime? Oh, uh, okay, so the last arc was probably about the heaviest thing I've ever had to deal with. That was... I was, I was looking forward to it, mm -hmm. um, but also a part of me was not looking forward to it because of just the emotions that it dredged up in me. So it was... Uh, that was incredibly difficult. And then also um, uh, just having to, uh, once I got on Twitter, um, <laughs> once I, I mean, nobody's ever attacked me or anything on Twitter except for a couple of jackasses one time when I made the mistake of like jumping in on a tweet to try and explain a situation, mm -hmm. which I'm never going to do again. Never be the um, third man in. If there's one thing no. I learned from hockey, never be the third man in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I should have known better. Um, uh, but the the just the just the amount of back and forth that you guys were reporting um you guys and girls were reporting excuse me um every single podcast that i would listen to it just seemed like oh my god which it's it was just one of those things where i just kind of just shook my head and go i, I knew fandom could be crazy um but it's it's it just, it was one of those things where it just got kind of depressing for me just to listen to it. So it was, uh, that, that was different. I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever experienced that before just because I've, I've never had a presence online. So. Hmm. Welcome to social media. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> nice knowing you. <laughs> you got your baptism in that social media, that boy. Jesus. I'll get the matches. <laughs> I got the gasoline. <laughs> Mike, let's send my Twitter handle off with a Viking funeral. <laughs> so long as we get drunk afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Going out in a Viking, blaze of glory. The Vikings were a seafaring people. You know what that means? It means rum. Oh, yes. Grog. And mead. <laughs> Sorry, uh, don't say meat too loud. Luffy will come running. Mead. <laughs> Somebody say Niku. <laughs> Mikumi. Ha. Three sword style. <laughs> That's not an insult. Four Two sword, sword style. style. Four sword style. Laugh, goddamn you, laugh. All right, it was four sword style because it had uh, yon in it, yeah. which is Four. which is like a a bad thing in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Well, four means death. Uh, she. Yeah. The uh, alternative translation of yeah. uh, four is she. She is death. All right. So. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Uh, Cody GGPR writes in, how much freedom do the actors have with their lines? Is there any room for ad-living in the dubbing? Oh, okay. Well, um, sync is an issue. Um, so when they, um, when they see the, when they, we get to a line to record it, um, we preview the Japanese. Um, the actor knows whatever they know about the character and whatever they've um, whatever they've learned about the character coming up. Um, if they've done their homework, if they had access to the show, they you know, hopefully they watched it or they read about what's going on and stuff. Um, with me, I try to the the lines are written ahead of time so that they sync um, as well as the writer can get them to sync. Um, and then when we get to the studio. That changes sometimes, especially with my scripts, because sometimes um, a flow of a conversation might not work with the way um, the last actor speaking um, ends their line. Um, usually I kind of already have that figured out, like how certain words are inflected um, so that the next line will be able to come off of it more smoothly. And I try to communicate that to the actor if, if whoever they're talking to hasn't been recorded yet. Um, but as far as ad-libbing goes, um, it's not, it's, it doesn't usually happen. Um, sometimes, um, a line won't work because the client will put the brakes on and go, whoa, this translation's not right. And I'm like, oh, well shit, the adaptation's not right then either. And then we'll sit there and we'll try and figure out how to fix it. And sometimes an actor will come up with you know, something that'll work actually rather well, and so then we'll use it. Um, it's very rare when that happens, though, um, just because usually these things are, have been already poured through and over um, line by line by the client and me, so that when we get to the recording session, it moves as fast as it can. Um, so not, not often once in a while. There are times when an actor who's playing a lead has also been cast as doing like, you know, like in Bryce's case, um, you know, maybe he's, you know, this, uh, <laughs> Bryce, Bryce played a character called the turquoise biker in the <laughs> script in Durarara. And he told, <laughs> told, and he gave him this like really fey voice and delivery. Um, 
And, and so there was, I think there was a line or two, and this was before I started working on Durarara. Um, there was a line or two that he had that were ad-libs that literally in the script, there's nothing in the Japanese script that the client can see that is like, this is specifically what this character was saying. So when I get the script back from the person who um, spots it to the time code, spots all the, the flaps of the time code, um, uh, it'll say ad lib and it'll give us a time code, like an end code uh, to where the ad lib, to how, how long the ad lib is supposed to last. And so in cases like that, um, some people will leave it open for the actor to just come up with you know, things to say based on whatever the, whatever's going on in the background with their character. Um, sometimes like, um, in, uh, Durarara, the bonus episode for the first arc of the second season, um, it's called episode 4.5. Um, I, that's when I started working on the show. Um, I, I wrote 4.5 and then I wrote 13 and 14. Um, so in episode 4.5, there's, it, everybody's over at Selty and Sheena's house for uh, like a hot pot party. And everybody's talking all that shit in the script going for like two minutes long sometimes was ad lib. And so what I would do just to help the actors out is I would put topics. I would say, uh, Shizuo, this is what you're talking about. Uh, Shinra, this is what you're talking about. And I would just give like a brief little, you know, six or seven word sentence um, talk about, you know, your hair, talk about this, talk about that. And that way the actors sort of knew what they, what they it gave them an idea. Um, a couple people, uh, you know, I looked at it and I said, you know what? My idea is stupid. Just come up with something. And they would just go and make <laughs> something up. I think Kari did that for, for like one or two lines. Um, because it was just, I think, I think we might've, I think she might've been first in, so, or, or, or she was the first person, um, in, uh, to be recorded in this conversation between two or three people, Shinra and maybe Amelia and somebody else, uh, Mika or Seiji. And so, um, I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't know. Just, uh, just come up with something, Kari. And she was like, yeah, pleasure. And she came up with hilarious things. Um, and you know what, when you see that episode, if you ever, I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a Blu-ray exclusive um, for the for the second volume of the first arc of the second season. Um, when you watch it, you won't even be able to hear what the hell anybody's talking about. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, the session moved pretty quickly because everybody at least could know. Okay, I can play this. You know couple words boom this is what i'm talking about and then when the other actor came in to record their bit of, of ad lib they we would preview what kari had had done and then they would just sort of fill in the holes because kari would leave spaces she would say yeah i don't know what do you think about this hot pot did it work and then yuri would come in and be like that's ah, pretty good it's pretty good kari i like how the leaks came out you know or some shit like that and then kari would continue so it's so it, it helps them you know, they're not just sitting there, you know, pulling stuff out of their ass because that's always kind of awkward for, for an actor to do. Um, so in those cases, ad-libbing, you know, ad-libbing by all means, yeah, they can go ahead and do it. But for, 
But for on-camera lines, stuff that deals directly with the plot and the story, very rarely does ad-libbing happen, if at all. Mm -hmm. Derek Sikonik wants to know, did Erica Mendez quack while recording some lines for Yuki? <laughs> you know, you know, um, I, I probably... I probably gave her some ribbing about it at the beginning. I said, "Oh, Erica, we need some quacks for the blooper reel," <laughs> and uh, and so she gave she gave me her sidelong "fuck you, Alex" look, and then <laughs> and I don't recall her ever bailing a take and doing the thing that she does. I don't I don't think she did it, um, but I I don't remember now. It's because she's just too good now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I mean, she's, uh, she's, yeah, again, it's like, it's, you know, uh, bailing on takes. I don't think, I, I think it's different for her these days. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't recall her. I don't recall her bailing too much in sword heart. That's for sure. Although the next thing we know, all of a sudden she's reading off, um, takes like Steve Bloom or Crispin Freeman. Like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> she's like intentionally bails on, uh, takes like uh, Crispin Freeman didn't know Ian. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't heard that, but um, yeah, oh. those, those, yeah, those guys, those two guys are notorious. And funny, funny enough, you bring that up. Yeah. Um, I was expecting a shit ton of that stuff from those two gentlemen <laughs> on, on Durarara, and I was actually looking forward to it. So I didn't bother writing my little blooper scenes, which I usually do. Um, well, that and our schedule is so like fast pace it's it's yeah. you know having time Sometimes. to actually go back yeah i mean having time to actually go back and do like a blooper scene i, I we i did one for episode 16 mm -hmm. um i recorded one between Henri, shinra and selty um but that that's been it so far but amazingly enough nothing from steve bloom nothing from crispin ah uh, so party poopers yeah i think <laughs> I think maybe they're just, you know, I think they're just in a zone um, just because the first the first uh, arc of season two was a very difficult record. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they um, it was uh, there was there was issues with the scripts. So uh, Kirk Thornton directed the first six episodes. Uh, Patrick Seitz directed the second six episodes. Um, and those guys were rewriting every line in the studio while they were recording. Um, Yikes. Those guys, yeah, those guys, those guys didn't have the opportunity to look at the scripts ahead of time. Mm. They would get the scripts on day one of the record. Wow. And, and so it was very, um, it was very intense. And I, and I know that in, in that first arc, the actors were also helping them. Yeah. Um, so they would. So the actors were also getting involved in um, trying to make these lines work a little better conversationally. And quite frankly, I think the first arc of the second season um, sounds and moves and rolls a hell of a lot better than any part of season one. Mm. So whatever this trauma that they were going through actually loosened up a lot of the dialogue and the performances to the point where it actually worked really really well and i know kirk i know kirk and patrick these guys don't like stiff reads yeah. um they like things um that have a fluidity to it and a naturalism to it so um i know that those guys are like you know guardians of that kind of stuff <laughs> and and so they wouldn't let something like that fly anyway and heat also at anaplex is very very picky these days yeah um 
so um, it's she's she's noticed she's noticed um, working with me um, she's noticed the difference that spending time on this stuff on on the dialogue makes and so now she's um, she's very sensitive to making sure um, the dialogue flows is, is smooth and that the that everything sort of makes sense and connects in English. And so right. this, this is something that she is fighting for as well. So between Kirk, Patrick, and Hedaway, the first arc of season two, if you like how it sounds, you give those guys, pro- those guys and that lady props mm-hmm. because they're the ones, and the actors too, because they all truly worked together to make those lines work as well as they do. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Much props to them. Oh yeah, that's interesting. So I, I guess it's just maybe too much for any single director to handle the entire, uh, shall we say, broadcast dub. Of, uh, oh no, I think it was an availability issue. I think I think the yeah. problems that I think the problems that were going on in the studio um, because they had um, uh, this you know, streaming deadline for every single episode. I think it was Mm -hmm. one of those things where some sessions just went too long because they were trying to get this stuff done. And uh, Kirk had a pending job and that's why Kirk left. Um, And yeah, I mean, it was just, it couldn't be helped. And Mm -hmm. um, the schedule got completely screwed up. So it was, uh, you know, they were, they were running really tight on these things. Um, So then thank God Patrick was available to jump on and take it and finish that, the rest of that arc um, mm. before his next job started. Cause that nice. was another issue. Yeah, that was a huge issue. And then around this time I was finishing up Sword Art and Hiroi was like, what are you doing next? And I'm like, I don't know, nothing. I was kind of just gonna you know, take a month off and maybe vacuum the apartment. Um, uh, literally I was, I was looking forward to just sort of not doing anything for a month. And she was like, um, I need you for Durara, like bad, like something bad, something fiercely bad. And I just was like, I I don't think I want it here. Right. (laughs) It's like, I've talked to Kirk. I've talked to, I've talked to Patrick. I talk to you every day practically. So I know what's going on there. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll be happy to write it for you, but I don't want to, I, I don't think I want to be in the studio for this stuff. Um, and then it just came about that, um, you know, I voiced my concerns also to Bang Zoom when they made a formal offer to me. Um, I said, you know, I just told him, listen, um, this, whoever, whoever was in charge, whoever was writing the scripts is not going to be a part of this. Um, I, I, want to be able to write as much as I can, but I already know I can't. Hitaway's not happy that I'm not going to be directing it, so we have to deal with that. Um, then it turned out Caitlin was available to write some scripts. I listened to some of the stuff she was doing on um, Love Live and other things. Um, had a conversation with her. She was unbelievably slammed, and she went ahead and took this job anyway, so Hats off to Caitlin for doing that because uh, literally, I this show would not be on track right now if she wasn't writing it. Um, so then, talked to the schedulers at uh, Bang Zoom. 
um, Mio Moro, who deals with that kind of stuff, she came up with this idea of how to schedule this thing. Um, it looked like it made sense. Um, it looked like it would give me time to write scripts, uh, some scripts, and um, and then still have the time to go over Caitlin's to make sure her um, dialogue was consistent with what I was setting up, because that was another thing I was worried about. Um, there is going to be a bump in the arcs between what Patrick ended with and what I start with. Um, it's something that can't be helped. I am not Patrick Seitz, so I don't speak like him. I don't think about things the same way he does. Um, I was worried about that because I didn't want the fans to, to feel that bump, you know, that change of, of what's it, the, the change of aesthetic. Um, I think it's, I think it's smooth enough though, that nobody's going to know. Um, again, when I, when I work on a show, I'm trusting my gut with it and what I understand about the show and how these characters interact on this one. I'm coming from a history of season one, what Kirk and Patrick was, were doing with the beginning of season two. And from there I sort of take it and, and just sort of do it the best I can so that the dialogue again is as smooth uh, as possible. Um, and then in the studio to give the actors the right in, enough context to help them, um, help them be consistent in their characterizations as well. So it was, you know, it was a tough decision to make, but I ended up going, you know what, I can go ahead. I'll, I'll go ahead and try this. And, um, and so far it's working. Um, you know, uh, I'm, Caitlin has been, you know, turning in her scripts all the time on time, which are fantastic. Um, so I do have a chance to go in there and tweak all of her dialogue, um, to make it fit with kind of how this, this arc started the way I started it. Um, again, Caitlin has been doing this a long time. She knows, she knows just what she's doing. She's director too. When she's writing this thing, she is, she is also directing it. Um, but I do have to do uh, quite a bit of rewriting just because the, the dialogue needs to fit in this sort of universe that I've sort of taken over right now so that everything sort of makes sense from the episode 13 and 14 that I started uh, writing. Um, so, but again, I say, if it, isn't, if it wasn't for Caitlin um, writing or co-writing these things now, um, we wouldn't be on schedule and this would be a total nightmare. Um, so, I mean, yeah. If, if, you're liking, if, if you're liking how the, this next arc of Durara is coming out, um, you know, Caitlin's a reason why you get to watch it every Tuesday. She's <laughs> <laughs> a huge reason for it. So major props to her. Did I answer the question? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> At some point. You've answered uh, uh, every question to the point where we're on two and a half hours now. So, <laughs> A new record. <laughs> A new record. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, kind of along the lines of your experience with recording series, uh, Jeff Burns asks, how far ahead were you on 
recording. Uh, how uh, how far ahead of broadcast were you usually recording most of Sword Art Online too? Oh, hey Jeff, how's it going? Um, so Sword Art Season Two ended its stream, and I started working. Uh, it, they ended it on December twentieth of last year, and I started writing it um, on December twenty sixth. So I. First episode, I remember writing the first episode, or I was I started the second episode, I think, on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and yeah, it was all all through New Year's and everything. Yeah. It was it was it was December twenty sixth, I think I started it. So the show had already ended and that's when I started it. We had mm. all the elements for the gun for most of Gun Gale by that time. Um, so there were videos that we could write to. So Ah, as far as dubbing goes, you were like maybe six episodes ahead. I think you said. Yeah, I think I think I think yeah. Our broadcast didn't start until March. It was March. Okay, so that's so we didn't start until. Yeah, I think it was like five or six episodes, and so there was never, but there was never really any pressure. It certainly wasn't like the kind of stuff that was going on with uh, Durarara. Um, it wasn't the same kind of deal. Um, we had six episodes in the bank, no big deal. We work on the next six episodes. It was all, it was, it was very sort of uh, easy breezy. Mm. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like I knew I could do this. I knew I could take time on the scripts and turn them around. Um, didn't have any sort of qualms about being in the studio because I mean, with these actors, it's like, it's, you know, everybody knows what they're doing. So, um, it, I knew it wasn't going to take a lot of takes and a lot of days. So. Kind of a fun question. Uh, Benjamin Pajon wants to know who thought up the flying Cthulhu monster line. <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> it's uh well i mean flying it, it, cthulhu it, elephants <laughs> yeah it i mean it looked like it looked like something out of lovecraft and so it was <laughs> it was one of those things where well god damn it you know if anybody's going to be able to say this line it's going to be klein and <laughs> and and so yeah i'm happy that the client was cool with it and uh and that uh and that it made it in that people actually laughed at it when it when it showed up that <laughs> they knew the reference. So that's always kind of cool. Well, as I like to say, Great Cthulhu is a comedy goldmine. <laughs> Jamal Norris asks, was it tough emotionally to adapt this knowing full well how it would end? No, yeah, already told that story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in, case you, in case you decide to edit it out, though, Yes, it was incredibly difficult because of past experiences. Um, it was incredibly difficult because of just the, the animation and the music. Um, when all of the players started showing up, um, that wrecked me um, because I, I, maybe somewhere deep down inside, um, it was one of those things where you hope, you hope that when you leave, you have affected so many people in a positive way that they would do that. It seemed like such an, to honor somebody 
in their last moments. I mean, it, it just, it's, it was, it's overwhelming to even think of. And then I, you know, I thought about, you know, that Kotaku article about that player in Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, that, you know, and that, and that made it even more difficult knowing that it really happened. And, and how amazing is that? You know, to honor a player that you probably fought against many, many times and, and maybe somebody who, who you kicked around a couple of times too, but to go there and take a knee for him, that's honorable. If anything, if anything, that's what makes the online gaming community uh, a special sort of world of its own because you don't get that kind of honor in real life. Not these days. Nope, definitely not these days. So that was one of those moments when it was just kind of that, that, that it, it always breaks my heart. And it broke my heart last night too when it aired. It was, you know, again, it was the same thing. It was just living it all over again. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. At the Anime Runner wants to know what were the hardest parts of adapting Season 2 and were there different issues than in Season 1? Um, okay, so, I, again, it would be Mother's Rosario just because of, of the crescendo of emotions um, the, uh, season one, um, didn't have too many problems with, um, in season two, in the Mother's Rosario arc, um, some of the translation of Dr. Kurahashi when he was explaining Yuki's condition was off, um, and it was verified by the, by the client that it was off. So I had to do a fair bit of research into, um, HIV, uh, AIDS, um, there were questions about Yuki's family because I didn't know, uh, the translation just sort of left it at, oh, and then her family died, literally. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, no, 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 we're not, no, 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 we have to explain this at least a little bit. Um, what I, what I could fit in is what you got. Um, what happened, um, I, I, from what I understand, or from what I came to understand is mom had a C-section, complications. Uh, the C-section, um, either A, uh, they had not uh, completed the C-section yet, A, or B, um, they had already um, taken Yuki and her sister out, and then something happened. They had to give mother a blood transfusion, um, a bag that was uh, had some had HIV in it with a low viral load, um, uh, was there, uh, was administered. Um, the family went home. Um, either A, uh, the kids got uh, the infection through the breastfeeding, or B, the kids got it because they were still in the womb when the mother got the transfusion. Um, either way, they got it through, they got HIV through breast milk or the blood, I'm not sure. Um, they were born in April. Um, the Infection wasn't, uh, uh, whatever checkups were going on after the fact, um, did not uh, show the, that there was HIV just because it had a small viral load again. Um, 
but in September, another checkup happened. By that time, mom, um, mom and dad had probably had sex a few times, um, but that's when the doctor spotted that she was infected with HIV. That, that was in September, and that was already too late. Um, as far as as far as all that stuff, um, I, you know, I wish I, I wish I could have gone into the gory details. Um, but again, it, that, those, those are two possibilities, um, how the kids got it either through the breast milk or through, uh, uh being still in the womb during the transfusion. Um, I, I couldn't be any more specific just because we ran out of mouth flaps, you know? Um, so that was the best, that was the best it could be. And, uh. And that was difficult to get to, just that. So, never had to never had to deal with anything on that level ever. And mm. then, of course, the emotional stuff. Yuki's death. Um, never dealt with that before uh, in any in a, in a show um, that I was working on. So to that level, anyway. So that was, uh, yeah, that was incredibly. Milton Alvarado wants to know what were the best and worst parts of directing the show? <laughs> well, okay, I didn't have, there weren't any worst parts. I can definitely say that. Um, best parts were seeing Michelle in the studio every, every day. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I love Michelle. And, um, and she's just such a great force of energy. Uh, another best part, of course, Bryce, because um, he's just always a blast to work with. Um, every, I think every day was a good day. Um, just because again, I was working with people I really like and really care about and really respect, um, you know, as people and as actors. So, um, everyone, you know, it was, it was every, every session was really light. Um, even when we got to the heavy stuff, there was still, it was still one of those things where it was like, there is no other place I want to be right now. I want to be here with these people. So. It certainly wasn't no five centimeters per second. That's for sure. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Fuck man. Yeah. That recording match. Yeah. It was a heartbreaker, but I mean, when I was, cause I recorded a version two after the AD, after ADV went under, um, I recorded a version and those recording sessions fucking sucked. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't because of the actors. It wasn't anything the actors were doing. It was a very toxic climate in my side of the room. Mm. Ooh. Very toxic. So it was one of those things where I almost quit. Um, and, and I probably should have because I carry that, I carry that taste in my mouth every fucking day. Can't let go of it. That's, that's the one thing I never want happening again. And so now it's literally like, I'm like, if that happens ever again, I'm not, I'm gone. I'm packing up and leaving right then and there. I don't care how balls deep I am in the show. Um, I'm, I'm leaving because I ain't going to be, I, I'm not going to put up with shit like that. Anymore. So there's no reason for it. So. Damn, man. 
Oh yeah, no, that was. I wish I could go into more detail, but no, 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 that was enough right there, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'd have to name names, and at this point, I don't even want to give them the time of day. So, no. uh, and yeah. you know what? I don't think it's going to be good for you professionally to do so. So, it's you know, it's one of those things where I could give a shit at this point. It's oh. like, <laughs> you know, I, it. Part of me is like, part of me is like, you know what? I I do a damn good job, and if someone's not going to hire me because they get bent out of shape because I have a, a very, very strong personal opinion about people treating me unfairly, then go fuck yourself. Hey, Seriously. I got Damn, 12 weeks of anger management for defending myself. <laughs> yeah, a patron cussed me out and threatened my life, and I snapped. Oh, well, if they're threatening your life, come on. What are you yeah, going to do? Got, yeah, from what my profile says a human resources now, I have a violent and... No, I'm prone to violent tendencies now. Oh, God. Did they even take your side of the story? Uh, well, they couldn't find me because I got an affidavit from one of the um, patrons that actually saw and heard everything. Oh, good. Okay, so at least you got some backup. Well, <laughs> I worked. I worked in retail too. I've been there, man. I've <laughs> been about a retail lifer at this <laughs> to a retail lifer at this point. Yeah, I've heard no, that's just about. Yes, yeah, some people. Yeah. It's it's disgusting how they go about on their daily lives and stuff, and they literally think they're entitled to be treated like a fucking Kardashian when they walk into a Starbucks, you know? And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, get yeah, over it. Your... a Kardashian. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> give me a break. Hell, Kendra Spears on this, me, you, and Jim. We know. <laughs> <laughs> and Sketch knows a little bit about it, too. Yes, though I do try to kind of look at the other side of the situation and think like, well, maybe this person who's really irritable is, you know, they're, they're going through stuff, maybe. I don't know. You know what? You're taking the high road, and I totally respect that. But there are some days where it's like, you know what? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> There's, there is no fucking excuse for treating somebody like a doormat. Ever. You see my tweet sketch. You know what? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I had to deal with the kinds of people that you deal with, Darrell, I probably would do about the same. <laughs> so Alex, I really do understand, man. Trust me, mm. I do. Both mm. of us do. Likewise. Yeah, Likewise. me and Jim understand. <laughs> Whew, man. Damn, Alex, you you brought in some emotions out <laughs> damn. Well, roughly the same question was asked by at the Cheeto Man 26 at Gamer for Life 123 and Andrew Simpson, but I thought Andrew Simpson worded it best. What was your favorite moment in the series, both in the recording booth and on the screen? Oh, um... Favorite. I don't know if I have, like, an ultimate favorite, but I have to say... Well, I'll give a bunch. Um... I loved, um, I loved how the conversation between Kirito and Sinon in the cave happened. Um, that was one of my favorite moments. I loved when Asuna met Yuki and Yuki can, you know, talk to Asuna at the tree after Yuki found out, or sorry, after Asuna found out about Yuki's condition. Um, I liked the battle that Yuki and Asuna had. Um, I liked Yuki's death scene. Um, I liked, I liked, I liked the Excalibur art f 
for its goofy moments. Um, I loved it when Mella was there um, because I love working with Mella um, and Karen too, Karen Strassman. Um, God, I loved Ben Diskin. Um, every day he was in there um, doing Death Gun stuff, and then a couple of the other dudes. Um, he played one, also played one of the guys in Cenon Squad when we were first introduced to Cenon. Um, I forget the character's name now. He's the dude with the mohawk and the goggles. Um, yeah, I guess that's... Oh, and I liked um, Austin and Kirito's conversation um, uh, in, in episode one when they were sitting on the bench. And uh, I really liked how, how Jeremy and Bryce brought that to life. That was fun to watch happen, or hear happen and watch happen. And I just the visuals of that was just really, I really loved that. It was very simple. That's about it. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's a few moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't have like one, you know, it's like, it's hard to pick. <laughs> they are all my children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, and, and, you know, honestly, as much as uh, as much bile as I have for my experiences recording five centimeters per second, my version of it or that version of it, um, it it came out pretty goddamn good. So I was proud of that show too. It's not like you know, I like five oh. centimeters per second. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great story and stuff, and it's told really well. And the, oh my god, the animation's fantastic. I fucking oh, loved the Kotoshin guy. Yeah, and I loved the ADV dub. I thought it was just amazing. And so when I, when I was like, oh, I get to do this? What the hell's going on? You know, that was one of those things where I was just like, oh, shit, I don't think I'm going to do this thing justice. How do uh, I get mm-hmm. to? <laughs> it's like, okay, how do I improve on something this good? <laughs> it's, it's not even how to improve because I wasn't even thinking about improving it. I was just thinking about how to do the, the show justice. But because I had already seen the – I owned the ADV version and loved it so much um, – both in Japanese and English, it was one of those things where it was like, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. You know, just mm. license that shit from whoever owns it at ADV. I mean, mm-hmm. who, whoever's around still is around, so maybe they could just, just get it back from them somehow, you know, get it back out there. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, God, what do I do? But, you know, ultimately... Um, I think Johnny was just phenomenal as he always is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was the first time I worked with Kira Buckland. Um, she's fantastic. I love Kira Buckland. She, yeah. And she was amazing in that. Um, uh, and that was, and that was just really cool. Um, it was, you know, for, for everything that, that I, I wouldn't take back the experience. Let's put it that way, I guess in the end, um, of working on it. But, but you wouldn't want to relive it. <laughs> no, no, I, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't want to, um, just, just the working, such the, the working atmosphere mm-hmm. was just, yeah, wouldn't want to go back to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At Gamer for Life 123 also asked about emotional breakdowns while recording, and boy, you've already went into detail with those, so. Yep, <laughs> yep. No, no need. Yeah. No Do need we, to further delve into that. Do we yeah, re- need to ask all rewind these questions? two hours. Just rewind two hours, and then you'll yeah. you'll hear. Yeah. <laughs> so short answer: Yes, there were emotional breakdowns, and yes, you got emotional too. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, share me, share me and Erica, those cheers were real. Dead air. Oh. Now uh, I feel like these last three questions are kind of more of a, they're for you, Alex, but they're also seemingly directed at the podcast panel. So okay. I will read them as such. Uh, Mystic Rogue or Mystic, Mystic Rouge. 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 Mystic Rouge. Yes. Mystic Rouge writes in, what were the most memorable parts and scenes during the Mother's Rosario arc or any other arc for SEO 2 for everyone? So, mm. let's start with Darrell. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mother's Rosario arc. Let's see. Or any arc. Or any arc. Whoa. I'm getting an echo. Echo. All right, who, echo. Uh, who unplugged their headphones? Headphones. Darrell? Oh, I'm good. Okay. Okay, I think we're good. Sounds better. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say the death scene. That, you know, that really did make a lot of sense to me, you know, because it was just, uh, it was just an emotional feel to it. And it brought out a. I'm not really good with death, but, and I don't take that well because I had so many family members pass on me. I never remember Hurricane Katrina passing, and that was the year of three where I lost three people. I lost my grandma. I lost a friend who accidentally shot himself in the head playing around with his firearm, which is why I preached firearm safety. And then I lost my auntie when the Hurricane Katrina hit. So. It was a year of hell for me, so that's the reason why I can identify and I actually would say that was the most memorable moment for me is when Yuki actually did pass away because, you know, people just came in droves, you know, to pay their last respects. Jeez, I'm sorry, Daryl. Uh, it's okay, man. We don't kill you, make you stronger, but, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's just that, you know, it's the human experience. You know, I'm tough, but even I have my moments of weakness. It reminds me that I actually am a human being sometimes because I felt like there are times when I feel like I'm just super like desensitized to a lot of depth of that's happening around me, especially when I look at the news all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, Jim, as you have often picked apart <laughs> Sword Art Online and Sword Art Online too, one must wonder what you consider to be uh, your favorite moments, or at least what you consider to be the most memorable moments and scenes. Um, I mean, I feel like if I was to say Yuki's death scene, I'd just be following the crowd, and I'd feel a little disingenuous when saying it. Um, so um, I really... That's the problem, and I'm sorry, Alex, but nothing really stands out to me in this series it's not because i hate it it's because it's like well what is there that really left a mark on me and not a heck of a lot in this uh series did maybe it's yeah. because, maybe it's because i it as sword art was airing i moved halfway across the country twice <laughs> You know, something like that. So I moved. Or, or maybe you're just not into the show, which is yeah. okay too. It's like it's just you know not a lot that yeah. There's just not a lot there that I have to 
uh, hold on to. I mean, there's no real, you know, I mean, there aren't really too many shock moments that I felt were like, that maybe go like, oh no, you know, like say Akame got killed last week when Shell died or, um, you know, it's unfair to make this comparison, but like say Evangelion, there's so many uh, parts of that show that still stick with me to this day. And there's nothing that I can hold. I feel like there's nothing I can hold on to to sort out online. Yeah, again, it's like it's like anything. It's like sometimes some shows just don't resonate with some people. It's mm-hmm. just that's just the way it is. I mean, Kill the Kill. Mm-hmm. When I told my oh, yeah. mom and my sister about Kill the Kill, they're like, "Oh yeah, so I'm doing this crazy show. It's called Kill the Kill and stuff." And my sister's like, "Oh, I'm gonna put it on my DVR and yeah, I'll bring you know." I'll, bring mom over i'll make dinner and we'll, we'll all watch it with the family and stuff and you know first thing i said was uh you i, I don't think you guys are gonna like it <laughs> <laughs> you know, and sure enough yeah. sure enough well my mom you know would call me after she'd watch a couple episodes at my sister's house and you know she's like well how was it mom did you have a good dinner and, oh yeah melinda made this that and the other i'm like oh good awesome and so what'd you think of the show she's like was a lot of yelling not, not, not quite sure what was going on you know and i'm like that's okay mom you don't have to watch it no but you did this and you worked on this and you worked really hard i know you did and stuff and i want to watch it i'm like mom honestly don't watch it show's not for some people <laughs> and i and then i talked to my sister like a couple days later and i'm like oh thanks you know thanks for bringing mom over and stuff and you know making her dinner and stuff and showing her the the, the shows and Mom would like do the kill a little bit of kill uh, kill a kill a little bit of sword art when they were back to back, and and so then I, so Melinda what uh, what did you think of kill a kill? She's like oh the the show with the tits huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so these girls are in high school huh? And I'm like yeah yeah I know I know um, you don't have to, you, you you don't have to watch it sis it's it's okay I already told mom that you know it's not a good idea and she's like mm-hmm. no you know it's you know it's you worked on it I, i'll watch him <laughs> look it's it's not a big deal it's it's not for everyone it's just that's pretty much the rest of the show there's some good twists coming up i could tell you that but yeah if you're not into it now you're probably just it's not going to resonate yeah. <laughs> the way it should <laughs> so i mean believe me it's anime is anime can be bizarre like completely off the wall at times even in the straightest of stories gee you think (laughs) yeah so it's kind of like um it's you know it's not like something like like you know mad max fury road or edge of tomorrow where you can recommend it and you know most people you'd recommend it to would be like shit that was fucking cool you know or oh yeah that was pretty good most people i say again because not everybody is into those kinds of action movies or science fiction movies. Um, so honestly, it's like you don't even have to preface it with an apology. As far as I'm concerned, it's like, dude, you watch what you like, <laughs> you know. And if you, if it doesn't resonate with you, hey man, I totally get it. There are shows that I can't fucking stand, and just because they they try too hard or yeah. they just don't work for me. You know, whatever baggage I have, I just, you know, I can't, I can't get into it. It makes me antsy or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's just the long and the short of it with uh, SAO. Sometimes you don't have to have a reason to like something or not like something. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Like, oh, hey, kind of like why I like uh, Colorful, the show about the panties, not that beautiful uh, movie that Sentai released a couple of years ago. <laughs> why like the show about panties? Yeah, well, exactly. You ever never heard of Colorful? No. Oh, you okay? <laughs> it's all it. on YouTube. It is all on YouTube, and you should watch it because the back of the show, the back of the box for the DVD said uh, roses are red violets are blue this show is about panties i can't really explain why i like colorful it's just it, it's hilarious it in an absurdist kind of way so it's me. it's it's not a movie it's a it's a series yes it's a series uh just type in like colorful series on youtube and uh all you need to do is watch one episode and either you'll uh think it's brilliant and how absurd it is or think this is the dumbest shit i've ever seen in my life Oh wow! Interesting. I feel about platoon. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, there we go. I just compared Sword Art Online to Colorful, <laughs> somewhat indirectly. <laughs> well, booty was involved. Yeah. <laughs> so much booty. More booty. <clears throat> now, Jen. What were some things that stuck with you from Sword Art Online 2? Uh, female Kirito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a good time, you know, watching it, and I'm sure Bryce had a fun time voicing it. Yeah, he was chomping at the bit to do it. And <laughs> went, he wouldn't shut up about it. And then finally when we got to it, it was he was having a blast. Yeah. That was very amusing. See, those are the kinds of things that, that stuck with me. I enjoyed, the, you know, the fun moments in Sword Art Online too. I, I certainly enjoyed some of the the storyline with Death Gun and how all of that comes back as Kirito's past coming back to haunt him, and uh, you know the story with Asuna and Yuki. And on that note. I think the part that really resonated with me the most in that arc was when Asuna finally had a conversation with her mother, an actual conversation with her mother. So yeah. this will continue until really morale increases. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. That was, you know what? I didn't mention that, but that is actually, yeah. One of my favorite things too, having uh Sheremy and Dorothy play off each other. Uh, over across those couple of episodes was awesome to to experience too for me. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't mention that. That was yeah, that was pretty uh, that was pretty amazing. But on the funner, memorable side, stuff like Freya turning out to be Thor, <laughs> 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 all all the mishappens of Klein, Thor Klein, <laughs> and I uh, I loved some of the the funny scenes between Sinon and Kirito, like when it's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I should have told you I was a guy. Please don't undress in front of me. And <laughs> how can you not love the grenade? Mm. <laughs> grenade hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some odd reason, I just found that so endearing. Oh, serious. <laughs> I remember that stuff. Honestly, the emotional stuff, nah, it doesn't really stick with me that much with this show but yeah it different things affect different people differently <clears throat> and i think depending on your life experience certain things in sort of online 2 will resonate much more with you 
yeah, than absolutely. it would with somebody who hasn't experienced something similar to that situation. Absolutely. Again, it's like you bring your baggage to whatever you, you whatever entertainment you're experiencing, whether it's a game or movie or, uh, you know, a CD or whatever music, um, you know, whatever you bring your life to it. And that definitely affects whether whatever you're experiencing resonates with you or not. It's I mean, that's all part of the deal. We're all different. So that's why the things that that's why the things that resonate across the board are always classics, you know, because they hit the right notes for everybody. Mm. And they also hit notes that people didn't even know they really, they really, you know, had any sort of interest in or any sort of experience with, or they just, uh, that's what, that's what makes a classic, I think. Hmm. That's been a long journey, but we have just two more questions. Mm-hmm. Have fun editing this sketch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Yep. <laughs> I bet you'll think editing, twice about what's that? I'm just gonna throw it up as is. <laughs> we need more. We need more like snarky Alex. You know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Alex talking more like he's a panelist. <laughs> <laughs> so. Billy Jones writes in, do you guys think that Yuki was in love with Asuna? Also, no. did you like SAO2 more than SAO1? No, I think she was just being uh, silly about uh, regarding that, just, you know, like being a kid or something like that. I think she loves her like a sister. Yeah, yeah, in that same way. I mean, you can you can love without being like, oh my god, in love, you know? Yeah. You know? Like There's romantic. something called familiar love, people. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. But I don't know, Jen, what do you think? No, no. Just like a sister, I would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think Terrell hit it you, on the head. You were for always all of us. very pro Yuki Asuna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just joking around, you know that. Or is that the uh <laughs> is that the character that you're playing, Jen? <laughs> <laughs> that could be it too. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Yes, also that very end scene of Sword Art Online 2 firmly establishes Kirito and Asuna forever. As if that wasn't apparent enough already. (laughs) And yet the girls still pine for him. (laughs) Like that, that's really messed up. It's like if Tenchi picked one of the girls and then all the other girls were still trying to get him. It would have been wrong with anybody other than Ryoko. Yeah, Tenchi has a freaking good outcome, though, because he can marry everybody. (laughs) He can actually have a harem because it's common on Jirai. I was going to say... Apparently so. I was going to say, what's Jirai's stance on polygamy? (laughs) It's accepted. They look at it as political. I hate to even mention GXP, but didn't he technically marry all of those girls? Damn right. Don't did. even mention GXP. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking. I don't know what you're talking about. about. Actually, airing on tsunami. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about because it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, as for liking Sao Two more than Sao One, I I think my thoughts uh, mimic that email that that stated that it was better than. Fairy dance, <laughs> but I think I like 
Aincrad the best still. Aincrad is still the best arc. Yeah. But I I would say SAO one has a lot of highs and lows. And the highs in SAO one are greater than in SAO two, but the lows in SAO two are not as low as the ones in SAO one. <laughs> I still say from at the end of the uh, Aincred arc, Kirito should have kept the return of Superman hair. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Jimmy. Uh, you know, he pretty much uh, he got that hair back in, in SAO2. Yeah, but it's not it's not the return of Superman mullet. And it's not the same thing. That would have been interesting. <laughs> It would have explained a lot of superpower Kirito stuff. <laughs> All right. I, I got another. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anybody else have thoughts on SAO1 versus SAO2? I already said it. I thought uh, SAO1 was um, better, but not, a, not by much. Hmm. I think it's a better... Um, I, I just like the stakes of the Aincrad arc a lot more, and I felt like if we had hung on that a little bit longer, then I feel like we probably would have had more of a... I feel like I would have liked Sword Art 1 a little bit more. Hmm. Yeah. Well, like I say, you can always read those progressive novels. Yeah, I guess no. I would say I actually did like SAO 2 just a little bit better because one Michelle voice acting and and then on top of that, I got to show some knowledge about what I knew about Norse mythology. <laughs> also, what you know about uh, PTSD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those, those analysis were a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Seriously, dude. I Glad like that we up. had you around for those. Dude, you, I had to go through the DSM-4TR and the DSM-5, man. <laughs> like, I really just went back because... Yeah, y'all know I finished my degree and everything, so yeah, I'm still fresh in my head, but I really had to dig deep in that just to make sure I was getting everybody the right analysis. And as the dessert after all of this conversation, Allison's remaining question, Yay. since Asuna's already claimed by Kirito, which members of the harem would you date? Oh, well, uh, I, think I think I'm too old for Seen all on. of them. Xenon. Yeah. We're all too old for all of them. <laughs> first of all. Xenon once she reaches of age. Age. Uh let me see. You know what? Um, I don't think there's any other choice. It would and should be Xenon. <laughs> because, yeah. well I mean, I don't know. Something about all the other girls just makes me think, eh you know, it just gives me a, a rather <laughs> indifferent look, you know? It's like eh. And I just got to thank the chicks. There's, who... there's nothing wrong with Liz. No, there's nothing wrong with Elizabeth. No. There's nothing wrong with, uh, um, uh, shit. Silica? Silica. Silica. That's who it was. Yes. <clears throat> or Pina. <laughs> Pina's not Pina. even human. I don't swing that way. <laughs> what about the sandwich? Sandwich coon. <laughs> Sandwich. <laughs> no sandwich. Good. Yeah, like what about rabbit son? 
Poor rabbit yeah. son died for the sandwich's sins. <laughs> yes, that's right. Actually, I take it back. I would, uh, since she's not my cousin, I would uh, go for Lipa. <laughs> <laughs> Lipa is a popular pick. Yeah, she's not my cousin, so. She's not my cousin. If she was somebody's cousin in Arkansas, I'd probably have. <laughs> <laughs> They'd shoot at me to tell me to get off of their lawn. <laughs> exactly. Better be lucky. Yet you steal so yes, I'm changing cousin. my pick from Xenon to Leafa. Hey, nah, I, I, just gotta, I still like Xenon better. I just got a thing for chicken wear glasses, man. Oh, yeah. Don't ask. Ah. So, Alex, the burning question falls to you. Um, you know, I've always been partial to Liz when she comes of age. I like her snarky personality. She just seems cool. Um, but also, um, you know, Leafa, Leafa too, um, is, is pretty rad. Yeah. Um, but maybe Liz just a little bit above Leafa. Okay, so hey, we don't have a full uh, unanimous uh, thing, so that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> good variety. Different yes, strokes variety. for different folks. I'm surprised Sketch didn't say Yoko, because mm-hmm. you know, Sketch has a thing for the more mature females. <laughs> uh, when somebody asked me uh, who was my waifu in Sword Art, I, I think I, I got a picture of uh, uh, that... Uh, the the leader of that that fairy tribe, yeah, with the green yeah. hair. Oh, yeah. um, yeah, Lauren's character, Lauren Landis' character. Yeah, um, her, her. Oh. I was like, pretty sure she's of age, so I'm gonna go with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't remember her name. Yeah, I don't remember oh, her name off the top of my head either. Shit. I mean, to be fair, she only shows up like twice, so. In a yeah. sea of characters at this point. Yeah. Hey, she had to be remembered. She stuck out to you like that, though, Sketch. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. I think it starts with an S. Yes. And I'm and I'm bringing up the chart right now. <laughs> oh, I gotta... the chart. You oh, the chart. Yeah. the chart. It's killing yes. me not remembering it because I, I liked her too. I thought she was, I thought Lauren made her just snarky enough. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. What the hell is her? Is it S? Is it S? Lauren, Lauren, Lauren. Volume two. Okay, here it is. Yeah. This is Lauren, 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 Lauren. Oh, Sakuya. Sakuya, that's Sakuya. it. Yeah. Right. And while I have this up, Christina V's character was Alicia. Hmm. Alicia. Was yep. that the, the the cat girl? Yeah, that was the cat C. Yeah. Okay. And Carrie, Karen, and played Midori and Sasha. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Tomar was Eugene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Silverstein was Kagamune. Um, oh, and did you guys know Kirk was in it? He played Klein. We tried to respect Klein. We really did. But did the rest yes. of this SAO fandom respect him? That remains oh. to be seen. Oh, I, I think uh, sure. most of the SAO fandom respects Klein. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they, they didn't did. respect Klein trend once. Yes, I it think did. it did. Yeah. Oh, it did. Yeah. Re- oh. Hashtag respect Klein. Good. Excellent. 
You know, uh, you got to say this about Kirk. He can still play like teenagers and young adults. He's just good oh, yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's excellent. All right. I think that's it. <sighs> wow. This should be its own thing. Yeah. Everybody and, go to bed. By the way, uh, <laughs> other no, not before last week tonight in Rick and Morty. Yeah. Oh, oh that's, that's right. That's right. That's right. Which yeah. another show, Kari like Ferrari, is in. Mm-hmm. Yep. That that is true. So you you mentioned Dorara quite quite a bit, but is there anything else you want to plug before you head out? Um, just Dorara. That's the only thing I'm working on right now. It's uh, it's uh, new episodes of the dub come out every Tuesday. Um, you could watch it on, I believe, Crunchyroll, Hulu, Daisuke. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think we're up to episode... Ooh, like 16, 17? 16, yeah, I think 16, yeah. We should be up to episode 16 by this coming Tuesday, so... Mm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I wait for the dub for Dorara. Oh, well, I hope you like it. Oh, I've been enjoying it now. Good, good, good. Did you guys detect a bump, like between episode twelve and thirteen? Is are things sounding consistent with all the characters? Is it's everything there going okay? Honestly, I don't think I probably would notice. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, it's pretty consistent to me. Okay, cool, cool, good. That's the important. As thing. long as people don't start talking like they're in Garzy's wing, I think we won't be able to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, jeez, I, I, I don't wow. know the reference to that, but... Oh, I, I must should, somehow uh, make sense of our convoluted situation. Oh. Uh, so, so, so it's basically the translation, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so much well, more so. than that. You, you owe it to yourself to watch at least a couple clips of Garzy's Wing, but I hope that it makes it into, like, a guess. Uh, that kind of acting style makes it into a gag dub someday. <laughs> well, you know, again, to, de- to in defense of some of, of, of people, you know, in this business, sometimes these jobs get piled on one after another. And it's uh, depending on who's around to do it, um, depending on whether or not the, somebody thinks they can pile these jobs and double book themselves and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, a lot of times these sh- a lot of times a dub is what's considered a value-added content. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think fandom has gotten to the point right now with anime that, that you know, dub fans have made English dubs a more sort of legit uh, thing. So it's kind of blown up beyond something that's value-added now for the yeah. most part. But... <clears throat> I mean, for many, many years, obviously, when people were just churning this stuff out, um, they had to work hard and they had to work fast. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times, you know, shows got thrown under the bus that way. Yeah. Who just, because they, just because a client was like, I need it by next week. <laughs> I've heard stories like that. Literally, they had, you know, 12 episodes due in two weeks. And they and they're still waiting for the video masters. <laughs> so yeah, this I mean, was back in like I don't remember. When it's not Garzy quite Halloween there. yet. Don't give us tales of terror. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should do for Halloween: get a bunch of our voice acting GFOPs on this show, and then bring them, then have them tell uh, 
horror stories. Horror stories. Better. Oh, that would be fun to hear. That yeah. would be fun. Yeah, oh, speaking idea. of talking to voice actors, um, Alex, you and I talked about this last week. Anything uh, you would like to say real quick about the uh, SAG-AFTRA um, pending strike? From what, I can under- from what I understand, it's a pending strike yes, uh, for it's... the video game thing. Yeah, it's a pending strike. Um, I can't really say anything about it because I'm not a voice actor, number one. Number two, I'm not in SAG. Um, I, all I do in this industry is adapt and direct stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'm, not, I'm not a good spokesman for it. Um, but, from, but if you go to uh, Will Wheaton's blog, um, he actually posts a pretty concise and clear reason why he's for the strike. And the way he breaks it down is actually pretty um uh it's 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 pretty gnarly when you read it um it's layman I've, friendly too i have read yeah, it it is very yeah, layman friendly yeah anybody, and thanks okay. again for having me on especially thanks. after oh, sword thanks so, again for joining us yeah oh, absolutely yeah, thank a, you so much no it was a, it was a pleasure as always i had a blast i had a blast I'm just sad that we don't know when the next show that you'll be working on will end up on Toonami. I mean, yeah, who knows? Again, like, just dumb luck and timing. Who would have thought Kill the Kill was going to get on? I mean, I certainly never thought that was ever going to happen. Yeah, it was a delightful surprise. Yeah, that was a yeah. surprise because I was like, wait a minute, considering, like, the all the skin that they showing, I don't think this will make it to Toonami. Yeah. Boy, it was our wrong. No. <laughs> and you not know, only that- did they play it once, they're going to play it. Yes. Yeah, which is super cool. I mean, I just I love the fact that Jason and everybody over there um, are are such huge fans of the show that they're like, fuck it, we don't care. We're just going to put it on, and you know, we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what standards and practices say about a couple things. We already have a feeling we're going to have to blur out a few things. That's fine, or re- reframe things. That's cool. There was only one thing that I saw reframed, and that was the um, bath scene with um, Mommy Bad Touch. Yeah, with Mommy oh. Bad Touch. <laughs> They also they also uh, zoomed in a little bit um, when Ryuka was getting uh, uh, smacked by Gamagori. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. There was that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was, I, I can't. I, yeah, I, I can't think of that scene without thinking of the blooper now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Patrick. Yeah. No, we had to go there. <laughs> so thanks again, well, guys. It was yeah, thank you. Thank you, Alex. Yes. And uh, hopefully it won't be too long. Before I kidnap well, you again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing the locks. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I got it's advisable. A All I need is a credit card. <laughs> Shit. And we're back. <laughs> Did you survive? I don't know. Did you guys survive? Uh, well, we we had a great time. I mean, 
though. Entertaining. Well, let's not make this episode any longer than it has to be. So. Yeah, because I'm tired of hearing you talk, Paul. Yeah. But I haven't <laughs> talked for that long. That's a good thing. Fine, I'm gonna read the clean, the house clean. That's right. Even though there's nothing in front of me. But anyways. <laughs> So you can email us at podcast.tunamifaithful.com. You guys know what to do with that by now. If you don't, well, sorry. Listen to another episode. You can follow us on several different sites, <coughs> Stitcher, iTunes, and soundcloud.com slash podcast. There, you can also download the episode. You can play it from there. You can like it. You can even comment there. And we would love to see comments as you guys are listening to the episode. So please follow us there as well and um subscribe and tell us what you think rate our episodes too because we want to see what we're doing we want to see what we can improve on so as always you can follow us on twitter at tsunami podcast you can like us on facebook facebook.com slash tsunami faithful podcast and you can tumble with us on tumblr it's tsunami faithful official.tumblr.com and if you missed any of our old episodes or exclusives and whatnot podcast.tunamifaithful.com is the place to be. And as always, we have what's called a patreon.com. I, I swear that we will update this at some point. And apparently, we also have to make rules because I see some people joking about certain things and I'm like, Mm-mm, that's not going to fly with me in Sketch, so don't even try. So, And, and I'll explain that later, Sketch. Um, patreon.com slash podcast. Help us out if you can. Donate what you can per month, and whatever you do will help us. So please do it if you can. Well, let's get the hell out of here so these guys can get some sleep. Darrell, where can they find you? Um, you can find me killed over. Um, seriously, <laughs> y'all. You can find me at ukami underscore samurai7 at twitter.com. Um, I also have an ask.fm. That's ask.fm backslash ukami75. And... If you want to send me any emails, you can do that at derailmaddox at tsunamifaithful.com. Wait, wait. Before I get the sketch, how much booze did you go through? When? During the whole Sword Art Online recap. <laughs> he has to think about it. That's not a yeah, good that, sign. Okay, never mind. We don't have to say it. We don't have to answer now. <laughs> I distinctly remember him saying that he was going to obtain some before the recording. Yes. <laughs> I think I was lit doing that. <laughs> I'm not surprised. All right, Sketch, where can they find you? You can find me at Sketch1984 on Twitter. You can also tumble with me, sketch1984.tumblr.com. You can ask me questions on ask.fm backslash sketch1984. If you have any comments or suggestions for the podcast, you can direct those to sketch at tunamifaithful.com. Or podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. And Paul, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram, instagram.com slash Paul Pascrillo. You can ask me questions, which some of you have been doing, which is wonderful. Stop asking me that certain question. I'm not going to answer it. It's ask.fm slash Paul Pascrillo. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about by now. Because Sketch has probably gotten it too. And... Um, also, one other thing I wanted to mention real quick. If you noticed in the last episode, and if you didn't hear it, please go back and listen towards the end. Uh, we had a short little interview with Kadesh Flow in there about his new CD, which is called We Are the Faithful. It is thematically based upon One Piece. So I'll let Darrell tell you, but it's it's 
probably his best work to date. Mm. Yeah, it, it really is his best work because he put a lot into it, and you can tell his sound is a whole lot more refined than some of his earlier work. Yes, and um, the producer on this is Atlas, and keep that name in mind. I'm not going to say anything more about that, but go out and get it now because I'm going to tell you right now, you go to Bandcamp, you pre-order the CD, you're going to get two exclusive tracks for free. I, I didn't stutter when I said that. Two exclusive tracks for free. You can only get it at Bandcamp.com. So you got to go to geekyinkproductions.bandcamp.com, click on the We Are the Faithful album picture, and go ahead and pre-order right now. You'll get it on October 9th, probably just after midnight. And uh, if you want to wait till October 9th, it'll be out then. Um, there, those two bonus tracks will still be available, but again, it is only a Bandcamp exclusive. And also, as of this recording, we are now live on iTunes pre-order. It is only the six tracks, and you can get it there as well. Just search for We Are the Faithful. Put in Kadesh Flow's name, too, along with that, because there's some other things out there that are religious, and you don't want to get confused. So go get that now. I guarantee you it's worth the money. Let's support our friend Kadesh Flow because he does a lot out there in the community, not just for this Toonami, but Toonami Asia, too. So do it. But that's it for this very long and exhausting Toonami Faithful podcast. Hopefully you stayed through the whole thing and listened. But if you did, thanks for listening. But we need to go to sleep, so peace. We're out. Deuces! God, I can't believe I got that out, man. has been epic. Yeah. Yes. It should this be, its, needs own to be its own thing. It's, it's so yes. long. It has to be its own thing. Yeah. Dude, break it up into three parts. Break it up into three parts so you don't scare anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. Just, oh, people just, have been bugging us. They say, when are you going to do a three-hour podcast? Well, congratulations. Well, you, know, you got your wish. <laughs> yeah. Bitch. Wish. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now you can shut up about it.